It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicon, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 17th day of October, 2022. This is The Horn. Head on where you'll find us on the interweb, too. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, multimedia, madcap extravaganza that is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between... And the Great Globe Round. And whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening live. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It is a, well, it's a beautiful thing, this little community we built. It is indeed. And every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So consequently, we say thank you to our 17th, 16th, and 15th day of the month subscribers that merry little mid-month band and uh, well that means we say thank you to Gary Laborman in New Mexico our lone subscriber for the 17th day of the month thank you to Mark and thank you to Zed in Iowa and thank you to David in Oregon thank you to Reinhardt on the Virginia coast thank you all so much so much for being the core and backbone of this uh, little attempted, at in- ongoing attempted, at independent, liberal, progressive broadcasting. Um, thank you to Nagla, and thank you to Robert, and thanks all of you, each and every one, for helping us to stay on the air um, because it's a challenge, always has been, always will be, I suppose. Uh, the uh, fundraising goal, um, God, Brother Deacon, where did we end up last week? Uh, I know it's, uh, I know it's around twelve, thirteen hundred dollars, and it's terrifying. It always is, but you know that's that's you know that's that's just how things go around here. Um, it was a nice weekend. Uh, bridge day. I've still got some. I need to post some bridge day pictures. Uh, 
Um, I could could not have factory ordered a prettier day than what we had on Saturday. Uh, hardly a cloud in the sky. Perfect temperatures. Uh, people in, 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 in a really, really good mood. A dear friend of mine jumped, base jumped, did a tandem base jump um, at the age of 70. And she's badass. And proud to call her friend. Uh, what else? Uh, yesterday wasn't so, so beautiful, but it was still, well, it's gray, okay? I'm not going to be warm. I'm not going to feel the sun on my little pink hide again for about seven months, so oh well. But it was just, it was a lovely weekend. And something is apparently blooming. And there will be breaks for sneezing during the program this evening. Oh, it's awful. Just awful. I, you know, it, 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 I have no reason to think that it's anything but allergies, but allergies themselves suck. So that's where I find myself as we begin the program. I wanted to make mention of something getting started. Uh, my dear friend and mentor and the man I call the godfather of progressive radio, Mike Malloy, uh, got tangentially mentioned on CBS this morning, yesterday. And it, it, it gives it, it, it reminded me of something that I have despised for a very long time. And this being Moran Monday and everything, it seems a pro- an appropriate topic. And that is the predilection of the, of the multimillionaire for-profit media for having a bad, bad case of both-siderism. And... Uh, Oh, yay for you. Ralph says, yay, I had my COVID booster today. Atta girl. Good job. Um, I'm so glad you did. And as sure as I'm sure, as, as sure as I'm absolutely certain that these are just allergies, I've, I've got to go and get mine. Um, but anyway, CBS Sunday morning did a feature on talk radio. And in that feature, they showed various and sundry uh, white-wingers and maggots actually preaching the seditious overthrow of the government of the United States of America and the Constitution thereof. And along the way, they, they, it, was, you know, it was about talk radio in general. And so they showed a picture of Tom Hartman. Uh, I think they. I think there was a quick photo of Randy Rhodes, um, and then they played it. After playing clips of seditious right wingers, they played a clip from Mike, and the clip was of Mike saying, "And in Florida, you've got this Christian." terrorist Ron DeSantis who is torturing teachers every word of that was fact checkable and demonstrably true he is a Christian fascist he is a a a, 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 a theocrat and he is making life miserable for teachers in his state to name but 
one group that he constantly attempts to immiserate. And so uh, there they were, though. There's the for-profit media equating statement a statement of fact as some sort of evidence that both sides do it. Jesus. There's, 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 I mean, do, they have to know what they're doing, don't they? There's no comparison between advocating the overthrow of the government of the United States and advancing the big lie that somehow or another Joe Biden isn't the president with a factual statement about a truly, undeniably horrible attempt at a human being. And by that, I mean Ron Monkey up to Clantis. Ron Death Sentence. Who despises, I guess, anybody who's not white and cis and straight, and preferably male. But there we were. And I wa- and it was like, well, and, and, and I checked it, Mike, I said, you know, did they ask you? But no. Just went out and grabbed a clip. Oh, well. But it, it's, it's just, in, it's, it is, it's infuriating. Why couldn't they just do a piece on the toxicity of right-wing hate talk? Because their attempts at both siderism, that particular attempt was just embarrassing. But I guess for-profit media going to for-profit media, right? I don't know any other way to put it. Now it's the Great Reset, Ron and Raleigh says. Between the Great Replacement Theory, now the Great Reset, we're in deep shit. The willingness of a large swath of white people to believe the most outrageous bullshit set before them. Oh, God, don't get me started. I've been in an, in, uh, and, you know, talking about the way one interacts on social media is just sad. But for this instance, I will make an exception. I've been, I've, I've been in an online discussion all day long with somebody who is absolutely fulminating about the furries and is absolutely convinced that somehow or another uh, kids who ironically say nya to each other and meow and wear cat ears are evidence of the absolute decline and collapse of, scare quotes, Western civilization. And that these kids are crazy. Utterly oblivious to the fact that that is the same complaint that the older generation makes about the younger generation every generation. There are these new fans, these little flappers drinking their bathtub gin and, 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 and wearing their short skirts and dancing to Charleston. There the whole country's just gone mad, you know? I don't know. Have we lost our minds? And then in the depths of the Second World War, 
Why, Hubert, I don't know what we're going to do about these bobby soxers. And then, well, the 1950s. The late 40s and the early 50s, you get the beatniks. Hey, man, that's cool. Let's smoke some tea. And listen to some cool jazz. Where's my bongos? Bring me my beret. And then rock and roll comes along. And that drove hidebound conservatives all over the South and pretty much all over the rest of the country, absolutely to distraction. It's devil music, I tell you. It is. It's devil music. And the funny thing is, the same people who were saying it was de- that it was devil music in the 1950s were drinking the bathtub gin and doing the fucking Charleston in the 1920s. And then along come the 60s. I don't know why these boys won't get a haircut. They look like girls or something. In the 70s? Well, this that damn disco is 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 is, is going to be the end of us all. But yeah, we're, we're we're maybe on the verge of a, or we are in the midst of a nuclear a nuclear arms crisis. But you know, the Republicans, the cue balls. The maggots are all up in arms over kids who are fond of anime and like to pretend to be kitty cats. Ooh, ooh. Um, Brady Radar asks, weren't there pet rings back in your day? Pet rocks? Oh, yeah, there were pet rocks. And mood rings. Mm-hmm. And earth shoes. Those damn things came near to it, it came near to crippling an entire generation. Although they were ugly and uncomfortable. Naturally, they sold like hotcakes. Exactly, Theo. Thank you. Theo says, oh, please. Furries, as I know them, are fantasy costumers, fixtures of, fixtures of sci-fi fantasy conventions. I still love the memory of furry costumers foe chasing the light from a laser pointer in the front hall of a convention hotel one Sunday morning. It was Sunday, and we were all punchy after days of panels and parties and dances and so forth. Oh, no, 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 no. They're going to bring about the fall of the absolute collapse of civilization, and, uh, and they're mentally ill. And they've got a furry club in a high school. Perish the thought. Probably also a drama club. Those people like to pretend a lot, too. And, uh, oh, I'll bet there's a D&D club. Yeah. You know, people who think they're trolls and wizards and elves and shit. But the furries are particularly associated in, uh, in, in this, in, in, in this, in this little, um, 
tempest in uh, t- tempest in a teabagger pot with a certain group of people that I'm not going to talk about, but you know, it's unbearable. <sighs> I mean, really, the things these people get upset about. And of course, it's being you know it's it's being it's being promulgated and the, the you know as as dim, President Dim Leader once put it, they're catapulting the propaganda uh, in 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 Republican and right wing and in uh, in bro circles. You know, Pink Shrek, Joe Rogaine, he pushes it. The neo maxi Zoom dweeby, who committed one of the greatest self-owns of all time. I'm talking about Ben uh, Ben Shapiro. He advances it. It's all part of the, yeah. Oh, oh, no, those are after me. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, Randy Radar. Pet rings, you constantly had to feed the crude electronic device by pressing a button. Uh, yeah, I, no, those are way after me. Uh, Roger uh, in Oregon says, when I was a school bus driver, I always had kitty litter on board. When working as a custodian at the middle school, I always had kitty litter on the cart. Now, the reason was when the parents sent their little darlings to school uh, and got sick, kitty litter is great at cleaning up barf, vomit, and any other bodily fluids that, you know, exited the precious little tykes' bodies. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's great for absorbing, like, you know, oil and stuff when, you know, I always heard that cops carry, uh, I forget if it was specifically Pepsi or Coke, but it, because it's great at getting blood off of pavement. But now, of course, the conniption and, 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 you know, we've documented it on this program. It starts in Michigan. It winds up in Minnesota. It goes to Iowa. Then there's some dude in Nebraska. Now you've got two governors. We talked about this last week. Two, two actual Republican nominees for governor braying about the kitty, uh, the, the, the kitty cat people. <sighs> yeah, it pisses me off so much I may have to start wearing cat ears and saying yeah a lot. I really don't want to do that. But you know, if it if it makes these people, and then that's 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 the and and what CRT it it, it it's pushed by the same people who have a conniption about uh, critical race theory, so called, because they're so delicate and so dainty and so easily traumatized that. What other people do with their own lives somehow makes them miserable. And they must be suppressed. Whatever happened to mind your own business? Really? And running around saying that people are crazy for doing something that's absolutely innocuous and harmless. And designed specifically to make the old fogies crazy. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa pointing out, uh, uh, Sean Spicer is a furry. If King Maggot is okay with a furry as his spokes asshole, why are the rest of the maggots all up in arms? 
because they've got to have something to get up in arms about, Brother Deacon. They can't just live in a world that they feel they're... And this is what it comes down to. White, cis, het, male control. That's all it is, plain and simple. And that in San Francisco points out the subject line furries. Okay, so the insurrection was BLM and Antifa, so we don't need to worry about it. The kids are sitting in kitty litter boxes during class, and that somehow registers as 100% true? I call bullshit. The kitty cat bullshit is just an excuse to open the door to trans kids. Get the rope! Oh, bigots are so transparent, it would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. That's exactly it, man. That's exactly it. Uh, I don't know if you watch it. John Oliver had a brilliant uh, takedown of the whole phenomenon. It's it, it, John uh, John Stewart and now John Oliver, and they're both working the same corner. I I hope it doesn't come to blows. But they both did a fantastic job deconstructing this stuff. But John Oliver delved into the world of the alleged attack of the cat kids. They're ruining everything for everybody. They think they're cats. Oh, God. Where does it all end? (sighs) Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, but speaking of insurrection, which really was done by, you know, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and had a lot of help from a lot of white-wing maggot money, Alex Jones. Yeah. Oh, we, we oh in in this edition there are many more ends. But uh, you might find it interesting to note that uh, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells is now pleading for leniency because he's been convicted of uh, contempt of Congress, two counts. Yeah, today in federal court, racist Bannon, Stevie Three Shirts, former campaign chairman to Nitwit Nero, went in and begged for leniency Uh, in the federal court prior to his sentencing. The DOJ, and you know, this doesn't exactly just fill me with, no. The DOJ asked for six months in the stir for racist Bannon. A man who did everything in his power to help overturn constitutional governance in the United States And the only thing he's been charged with is contempt of Congress because, well, he told Congress to F off when Congress asked him specifically to give a deposition and turn over some documents. And so the DOJ marched boldly into court today and asked the judge to Stick racist Bannon in federal custody for six 
whole months. God, from where I stand, it kind of looks like the DOJ went in and pled for leniency. And uh, uh, his lawyers argued that, uh, yeah, well, you know, Steve Bannon was just following an advice of counsel when he committed contempt of Congress. Uh, his lawyers said, should a person who has spent a lifetime listening to experts as a naval officer, investment banker, corporate executive and presidential advisor be jailed for relying on the advice of his lawyers? Because Steve Bannon believed the pettifoggers who were just saying what Steve Bannon wanted them to say. Uh, he said that uh, Donald Trump had the right to invoke executive privilege. A privilege that goes only with the executive while the executive is the executive. And he... You know, by the time of January 6th, it, it, it had been a while since he'd been an advisor to the president. But, yeah, he he, he thinks he needs to be, uh, well, he, he needs to not go to jail. That's what, he, that's what he needs. And so I think we will, uh, we will all be watching... Friday for the news of his sentencing. It's too much to hope for. I mean, I guess this is a misdemeanor. Yeah. So he can't get more than a year. But it would be awfully nice if the sitting, the presiding judge would look at him and say, I got two convictions here on contempt of Congress. To this day, you have never, you have, you have never produced a single document and you have never sat to be deposed at all. And for that reason, I'm going to sentence you to the maximum I can give, namely one year on each count, and I'm going to order that those sentences run consecutively and not concurrently. That would at least provide the opportunity for two years of mm, reflective detention. And again, this is a matter of trying to trying to game the system and play out the, play out the process, file the appeal, the appeal takes a while, and eventually it goes up. And he hopes that the six punks and thugs and judi- uh, jurisprudential vandals uh, on the court right now will say, no, no, go and sin no more, Steve. Go back to Italy and try to foment a fas- another fascist revolution. God. So, you know, we will wait and we will see. Andy Radar says entitlement and control in a world that's losing control. And then there's MIA. Uh, I have no familiarity with this this musician, but apparently she was nominated for a Grammy. And now she says that 
Alex Jones being ordered to pay for tormenting the Sandy Hook parents is the same thing as other artists who promoted getting vaccinated against COVID. Girl. I mean, it's just, oh, well. Oh, and and, uh, since it is Maury Monday, we should probably do this right at least a little bit. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, you know. Morons. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right up there, all right here behind this thin cybernetic veil of canvas. It's Moran Monday on the horn. Yes, indeed, only moments ago you were throwing ping pong balls at goldfish bowls with very narrow openings in the bizarre and uh, vain attempt to win a precious little baby iguana. Well, you can step right here, only steps away from the Carnival Midway, where we have set up the the tent with the thin cybernetic veil of canvas, and wherein we keep all manner of morans. Birthers, deathers, ninthers, tenthers, birchers, booger eaters, libertarians, maggots, republicans, and more. When you enter the Moran Monday tent, do please be, uh, be 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 mindful to keep an eye and hand on bracelets, rings, piercing jewelry, watches, wrist watches, neck, uh, necklace watches. Did I say purses? Uh, small children, backpacks, crossbody bags, mess- European-style messenger bags for men, and even that little iguana. Because the Morans can get grabby. Head for the hills, and you'll be up to your armpits in Morans. And it's not a joke. No, no. Uh, for this, for this, for this Moran Monday, we have, of course. Uh, how about Matt Walsh? This guy's a real Lulu. Can't get through a day without hating somebody. For the life of me, I can't figure that out. But it kind of ties in with what we were talking about at the beginning. Uh, In the long tradition of right-wing authoritarian assholes being upset at imaginary things, you know, think about the conniption that fat, dead Jerry Falwell had over uh, Tinky Winky. Brothers and sisters, Tinky Winky is purple, and the homos love purple. And 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 Tinky Winky has a triangle on his head, and 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 the homosexuals love the triangle symbol. And in case you had any doubts whatsoever, Tinky Winky carries a purse. It's a real thing. World hunger? 
world peace, U.S. hunger, the housing crisis, any of that. Nope, sorry. The maggots and the right-wingers won't get upset about that, but they can get real mad about cartoons. Jesus, these people. And so, enter Matt Walsh, who is angry about anime. Now, I've watched some. I mean, it's it's cute. I mean, I'm, I but you know, I'm I'm from a different generation. I like for my animators to be and 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 my cartoons to be Warner Brothers or or maybe MGM. Although I always thought Warner Brothers was much more edgy than MGM. But there's some great stuff. Tex Avery did some great stuff at MGM too. And. Anime speaks to a younger generation. That's where the cat girls come from. And so now, Matt Walsh, professional, angry, theocratic fascist. I mean, it's it's right there in his, uh, right there in his Twitter bio. Theocratic fascist. He's not kidding. It's not ironic. And so, for this more in Monday. We get Matt Walsh. Um, what's your opinion on anime? It's really popular amongst teens and young adults. I think it's all satanic. I have no argument for it. I have no argument for why it's satanic. It just seems that way to me. All anime to me seems weird, just like bizarre, creepy. Um, and in general, I don't think that adults should be, whether it's anime or any other kind of cartoon, uh, with, with with rare exception, adults really should be watching cartoons in general, I would say. Well, I'm so glad we have Matt Walsh out here to tell us what we should and should not be watching. <sighs> I can't wait till he gets around to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, it's all satanic. I don't know why, he says, but it's all satanic. Because he just thinks things, and then he sends his thoughts like, like, little, like, like little half-starved orphans out into the universe where they are adopted and consumed by people who don't know any better. So, uh... There we are. I got nothing. It's just... Oh, but... Uh, speaking of uh, insurrectionists... And, of course, Matt, Matt Walsh is a purveyor of the big lie, among other things. Um, well, there's a... The hell? The last stink bug in West Virginia is in the studio. 
but uh, now I'm proud of the students at uh, Penn State. They're protesting uh, because Gavin McInnes, who is in fact the founder of the Proud Boys, uh, has been paid with student funds at Penn State to come and do a comedy show. Do you see the scare quotes? Uh, you know, the, because uh, violent right-wing fascists are always such a laugh riot. The thing is going to take place on, uh, well, a, a week from today. And the title of the thing is Stand Back and Stand By. And Gavin McInnes, founder of the Proud Boys, participant in uh, right-wing fascist violence, a bully boy, is going to be paid to show up at Penn State University alongside some dude named Alex Stein to... Do comedy about political correctness, gender roles, and immigration. So they're gonna they're 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 gonna they're gonna get their racism on. They're gonna get their transphobia on. They're gonna get their homophobia on. They're gonna get their xenophobia on. Because nine times out of ten, when you catch one of these fucks, when they manifest one form of hate, you don't have to wait very long before they start hating on somebody else. And so uh, this with the backdrop of former Proud Boys uh, pleading guilty to things like seditious conspiracy, unlawful possession of a firearm, other trials coming, other other Proud Boys going to trial in early December. And according to reporting from the Huffington Post, Students are protesting the plan over not just McInnes' history of violent and bigoted rhetoric, but also the potential physical threat posed by the Proud Boys. Not only does McInnes maintain a leadership role with the group, which includes members accused of leading the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, among many other violent crimes, but his previous appearances at college campuses and similar conservative events have descended into violence. In other words, there's a history. There's pattern and practice. The, the HuffPost article continues and says, but McInnes's appearance carries a threat of physical violence on top of the hateful rhetoric. At his previous speaking arrangements on uh, college campuses and GOP events, McInnes has brought along members of the Proud Boys who advocate for political violence. And apparently the students at Penn State are not taking this lying down because they know what this threat is. And they are, the students are described as being in an uproar, which they have a right to be. Because thousands of dollars in student fees are going directly into the pockets of a guy who advocates for the overthrow of constitutional governance in the United States of America. 
And I guarantee you it's not going to be funny. I mean, it'll be funny that, like when Ted Cruz steps on stage, Rafael Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, him, uh, steps on stage and says, My name's Ted Cruz, and my pronouns are kiss my ass. Really, Rafaelito? You trying to tell us something? We see you, honey. You're valid. Not really. And so it's all over the place. Um, <laughs> we've got a hell of a Moran Monday in front of us. Stephen, New York knows Gavin McInnes, add melanin to his skin and let's ponder what would happen. Well, precisely. Because, for instance, in the uh, seditious conspiracy trial of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, uh, last week, Terry Cummings testified. He's a Florida resident, of course. And he's a former, he's a, he's a military veteran. And he testified uh, that uh, the Oath Keepers had a stash, a large stash, of various and sundry weapons, including no small number of AR-15s, that they planned to use for their uh, uh, their their invasion of the capital of the United States of America if things had gone a little more to their liking. They were going, they had planned to take their guns across the river into D.C. to stop Congress from certifying the November election. So Cummings testified that uh, there was a quick reaction force of gunned-up oath keepers who were waiting for the word, waiting waiting for the balloon to go up. At which point they would uh, cross the Potomac River from uh, Virginia to bring their freedom protectors to the Capitol. Uh, Terry Cummings said, in fact, he had not seen so many weapons in one place since he was in the military. So we shall see. And hopefully, if there are convictions, they'll get something more than, you know, six months or a year. Oh, and speaking of uh, Proud Boys, uh, how about uh, Genevieve Peters? She's posted pictures of herself in the company of Proud Boys. She live-streamed a Stop the Steal rally outside of the Secretary of State of Michigan's office, or home, rather, her home. And now she's a uh, an election worker in Michigan. 
hired as a talent development specialist by Anthony Forlini, the clerk for Macomb County, Michigan. And and uh, Genevieve Peters can be seen in some videos encouraging January 6th insurgents, terrorists, to uh, breach the Capitol. She's helping with poll worker training procedures, and according to Forlini, Anthony Forlini, speaking to Politico, she has a background in teaching and training. Uh, in, In a video that Politico got hold of, she said, the truth was we let our voices be heard that we're not taking this fraudulent election and we're not going to stand down. This is not over. This is only the beginning. It's going to be, you know, early voting starting in uh, some states already. And it's going to be, they're hoping, mayhem. Theo, writing from the great Northwest, says, We've had quite enough of the Proud Boys in the Portland area. They regularly showed up to peacefully march about something or other, mostly as a pretext to strain law enforcement and civil resources. And it predated the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests, which embroiled numerous friends in nonviolent street actions. There needs to be a reckoning for those seditious louts. From your lips to God's ear, Theo. Uh, if these, if, for instance, if these, if these oath keepers are convicted, and they don't do double-digit years in prison, expect it to uh, happen again. Back to Matt Walsh for a moment, who is angry at a cartoon. Go figure. Uh, Ron and Raleigh writes, does Matt think that the doctored anime video that the demon dentist made about AOC and others being murdered with a sword is satanic? Asking for a very confused friend. Well, no, I mean, it's not satanic if a... God-fearing, uh, God-fearing, right-wing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian uh, man does it. And uh, Ron continues and says, uh, and it's more in Monday, so this more than fits. Here's the whitest black woman in the world explaining who's being victimized. Oh, you know this is going to be a Lulu. It's a clip from the Majority Report. Sam does great. Uh, Sam does great work. Gotten into the society where people are pretending what we're doing is equality, and it's not. If we have ever achieved equality in this country, then you wouldn't blink if anybody says Asian lives matter. No one blinks. Black lives matter. No one blinks. But white lives matter. They fell apart. Right. They fell apart because they actually and I will stand by this as 
much as I possibly can, and I will be the loudest voice. Preach. The actually worst thing to be in this society, if one thing I would not want to be, is a straight white male. Yep. For some reason, that's considered problematic. Really? Right? You have to be something. That's why people lie. They're lying on college applications. They're like, okay, I'm white, uh, but I'm also trans. And you're like, what? Why are you pretending? It's because, uh -huh. oh, I don't want people to think I'm too normal, Better. right? <laughs> lying about being trans. And, 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 you know, the cool thing is, and this is what makes her a moron, she's saying this with no data whatsoever. It's kind of like all the Republicans with the furries. Oh, they're doing it. I know they're doing it. Oh, God, because our civilization is ending. And it isn't happening at all, anywhere, ever. But that's okay, because they're talking to right-wingers, and right-wingers will swallow anything you hand to them as long as it comes with a healthy dose of hate. Because hate is what fuels them. And people, you know, they're just trying to find something that makes them not white, right? And it's really staggering to think. It is going to blow Candy's mind. Because, you know, the things she, do the things she doesn't know uh, is, is a much longer list than the things she does. She's another one of those Dunning-Kruger people. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. But she believes things. Damn it. She believes them. Yes. It's going to come as quite a surprise if she ever gets around to reading Jack Kerouac's On the Road, which is largely about white guys. Some maybe bi white guys and gay white guys, and there's even a few straight white guys, and a lot of white guys. There's and 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 uh, there's a passage, and and bear in mind the time frame for this is about 1949, if I recall correctly. There's a passage where Sal Paradise, who is the thinly veiled uh, author Jack Kerouac, is in Denver. And in one of the whitest passages in American literature ever penned, he talks about walking the streets of Denver and hearing the crazy, wild, midnight jazz blaring out from the lighted windows and doorways. I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close. I can do that beatnik thing. Uh, get my bongos. Civilization is collapsing under the weight of the beatniks! And he says, in that moment, I wished more than anything else that I was anything but a white guy. Oh, shit, we better not. We be, Oh, wait. I'm smartening up the chump. I'm breaking Fields' third rule. You can't cheat an honest man. Never give a sucker an even break, and don't smarten up a chump! Well, if we find Candy out there quoting from Jack Kerouac from On the Road, we'll know that I screwed up. At once upon a time, that is exactly what the experience was for a black American. Mm -hmm. That being a black American was so problematic that you weren't going to be allowed into the room. Now you have the exact same thing happening in reverse, and you have... No, it isn't happening in reverse! Show me anywhere! 
well, you know, it's probably in the same room with the kitty uh, with the kitty litter boxes and the furries. It's all the same thing, just rehashed. Um, oh, oh, who's the who's the shitbird uh, behind critical race theory? Uh, I, I know Ron and Raleigh has his name immediately to hand. This dude has moved on and taken the same things that he used to get people in a white, and I do mean white hot lather, over a concept that's only talked, even taught in graduate level colleges, critical race theory. And he's using the same principles now. Christopher Rufo, is that it, Ron? And he's now re messaging trans people. She's going to talk about the transes. Yeah, she is. Sorry. That's what they're getting their moran on about. How do I not? And so now, Chris Rufo says, instead of saying drag queen, we should say satanic strippers. Oh, honey. (laughs) Oh, went to a drag show Saturday night. They were just lovely. You know, the people at these shows are a hell of a lot nicer than the people who hate these shows. They just really are. They're celebrating their authenticity and whatever their sexuality happens to be. There was a sissy walk contest. And it was... <laughs> oh, it was, it was delightful. Um... Guys and girls participating. Curiously enough, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 event venue there did not tumble into the gorge under the great weight of the of, of, of the deviants. Jesus, deviants! I was just happy people having a happy time. Saw I saw people I knew, and it was beautiful to see them. So many good, nice, kind, decent people. Who, oddly enough, in the way in the, in the face of all the hate, still insist on their right to live a happy existence. And I guess that's what drives the phobes bananas. That's the best I got. That's the best in, in, in terms of it, you know, in terms of an explanation. Of trying to convince you that that's a quality. Yeah. It's not all lives matter, and that's including white lives matter, you know? Yeah. I mean, the symmetry. Be- Yay, white lives. Ooh. Oh, God. Uh, subject line reverse. Matt in San Francisco says, I, I don't think black people were marking white on the college application. I think I lost a couple of IQ points after listening to her. Well, Matt, please. I mean, this is the same woman who went across the pond and said, you know, that Hitler fellow was a pretty good leader until he decided to take his nationalism outside of his own borders. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, Steve in New York pointing out that shh, drag shows. Don't tell anyone, but drag shows are just fun. There's little more to it than that. Right? Exactly. 
Yeah, Christopher Rufo it is. Thank you, Ron and Raleigh. That's in combo with getting rid of public schools. Rufo's a piece of work, and he's winning. He's pushing homeschooling now on the public dime. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the parents can keep their kids at home and teach them about how Lewis and Clark defended America from the Japanese after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, uh, while, at, uh, while at the same time Robert E. Lee was defending the Alamo from the Nazis. It always works out so well, especially with the little Christian, Christian textbooks. Yeah, he is winning. Uh, going back to uh, Stevie Three Shirts, uh, Randy Radar wants to know when, if, he, if he goes to prison, will Steve Bannon get a club-fed California sentence since the sentence is going to be under a year? Uh, he'll probably get a club-fed sentence simply because it's a, it's a <clears throat> nonviolent crime. Never mind all the violence of January 6th. But, you know, he has his values because he has spoken some truth every now and then. I, I always remember going back to, like, August, uh, no, uh, October, I think, of 2016, when he and Milo Yiannopoulos, who incidentally, no matter how hateful he was, never got canceled until he got on the wrong side of the right wing, and then they canceled him, and then he declared that he was a cured homosexual. Sure, Milo. Yeah, Jan. Uh, but back in October of 2016, talking with Steve Bannon, uh, they, the, the two agreed on something. And what they agreed on was that, yes, in fact, um, the vast majority of the Republican base are white nationalists. Which is another way of saying they are fascists. But no, if he gets convicted, he'll probably go to a club fed, maybe not California. Maybe it'll be, I don't, I don't know where they all are now, but uh, uh, Don Blankenship, back when he got sent to club fed for incinerating 29 men past the ability of them to be able to be recognized as formerly human beings, uh, yeah, he, uh, he went to club fed in California. Wait, wait, says Brendan. Wasn't it the Germans who bombed Pearl Harbor? Yes. How could I forget? Yeah. They, they, shut up. He's on a roll. Peace, lady. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> it was the Germans. It absolutely was the Germans. Oh, and uh, going back to the drag shows, uh, Steve says, the real fun part about drag shows is when you see a drag queen and think, damn, he's a really gorgeous woman. I get jealous. One of them walked up to me and said, honey, we can help. I was like, okay. And that's how I learned to do my, uh, do, do my, do a little better job on my eye makeup. <sighs> you see what I meant about the Maureen Monday? This is, this is just a never-ending gobstopper of Morans today. And, you know, there's the first hour of the Phil Robster, just blown right past us. Oh, there she is. There she is. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I couldn't find the story. I have no idea who MIA is. But I know she's been 
nominated for a Grammy, and she had a really cute, catchy little tune. And uh, she said, uh, if Alex Jones pays for lying, shouldn't every celebrity pushing vaccines pay too? Oh, can we please cancel MIA? Nah, she's rich. It's not going to change anything. And then she doubled down and said, Alex Jones lying and Pfizer lying, both trending on Twitter, one with penalty, other without. If you have no critical thinking faculty, this is about as crazy as we should get before a nuclear war wipe out the human race. What what how, how do you how do you even handle stupid on this level? And then then of course uh there's Ye or Yeezy or Kanye West. And I'm sorry to be talking about about pop pop culture things, but damn it. Well, here we are. So it was uh, a couple of weeks ago during Paris Fashion Week when he wore a White Lives Matter t-shirt. And then he tweeted that he was going to go Death Con 3 on the Jews. The Jews! That's just for you, Brother Deacon. Then he announced he's going to buy Parler. Or is it Parlay? Are we, are, are we doing the French pronunciation or the bastardized American one? I don't know. Parlay. Uh, and I guess people are like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then there was the appearance he made on a hip-hop podcast called Drink Champs. In which he said that Derek Chauvin's knee wasn't even on his, meaning George Floyd's, neck like that. And who did he base his unburdening of opinion upon? Why, of course... The whitest black woman in the world, Candace Owens. Truly a Karen among Karens. Well, uh, at least George Floyd's family is uh, talking to uh, lawyering up and talking about maybe suing ye. And uh, civil rights lawyer Lee Merritt wrote, while one cannot defame the dead, the family of George Floyd is considering suit for Kanye's false statements about the manner of his death, claiming Floyd died from fentanyl, not the brutality established criminally and civilly in court, undermines and diminishes the Floyd family's fight. And of course, a U.S. District Court judge, Judge Paul Magnuson, sentencing Derek Chauvin, said, I really don't know why you did what you did. 
But to put your knee on another person's neck until they expired is simply wrong, and for that conduct you must be substantially punished. And so, well, I guess ye will just get a pass. Yee-haw. And the guy, uh, the guy from Drink Champs, uh, a rapper by the name of N-O-R-E, Nor, uh, co-hosts with DJ Effin, E-F-N, well, they got dragged for giving that platform to ye. And so today, uh, Nor called in to the Breakfast Club, which is a huge national radio show, and said, I just want to be honest. I support freedom of speech. I support anybody, you know, not being censored. But I do not support anybody being hurt. I did not realize that the George Floyd statements on my show was so hurtful. And you got to realize it was the first five minutes of the show. Like when he walked in, he told my producer, he said that he'll, if he'll stop filming, he'll walk out. I apologize to the George Floyd family. I apologize to anybody that was hurt by Kanye West's comments. And said that in the future they'll edit their broadcasts. So it was more important to let Kanye West vomit his hate out than to run the risk of him walking off the set. And, uh, yeah, um, early this morning, the announcement came out that Ye had reached a, 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 an in-principle agreement to buy the flagging, failing parlay. And, and it's all because Ye is taking a bold stance against his recent censorship from big tech. Can anybody? I'm just I'm just asking here, specifically with regard to the to the undeniable hate speech of his recent rant against against Jewish people. Is there any redeeming social, artistic, or political value in what he had to say? I mean, this goes beyond the whole tiresome. I may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Really? I mean, are we just going to apply that to everything? Does 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 it include does it include calling for the murder of Jews? Because I'd like to know that. Because I, I think we really need to know where we are at this point in time his recent censorship from big tech. Do we really need spaces in which people can aggrandize the Holocaust or any other ethnically driven murder schemes 
Do we do, do it? And I'm not asking that rhetorically. I really want to know. Do we? I, I, I remember the correspondence between um, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. and Justice Learned Hand, where Hand said the remedy to bad speech is more speech and talked about the marketplace of ideas. But when Hand was writing that stuff, radio was in its infancy. And if I recall the time frame correctly, he's writing that stuff even in the era of Father Coughlin. Who was you know, basically the godfather of all the right-wing hate that swirls through... Uh, the, 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 the country and, 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 and poisons the minds of people who, well, one wish would know better. Oh, everything begins to become a little bit clearer. The chief executive officer of Parliament, which owns Parler or Parlay or whatever is a dude by the name of George Farmer. And he said, Yee's acquiring of parlor will strengthen our ability to create an uncancelable ecosystem. So that's a confession that they're just out there trying to, cre- uh, trying to maintain uh, an, an atmosphere and a platform that will thrive on any and all versions and forms of right-wing hate. It has no other purpose. Free speech means is is nothing within this. And he's married to Candy. George Farmer is, and there's Ye, citing Candy, as his source for claiming that George Floyd died of fentanyl overdose. Oh, sooner or later, they all get little—they—they uh, they all get little bows tied on them, don't they? Just wrapped up, pretty as you please. Yeah, you know how bad it is with ye. How bad is it? Well, it's bad enough that Nitwit Nero himself. Uh, says that he's out of control. No, really. Dad, you're 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 bad. You're you're in a bad place when 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 Nitwit Nero says you're too much. And so today. Nitwit Nero got on the phone with Ye to talk about him buying Parlor. Ye buying Parlor. According to uh, Politico, West placed the call during which the two confirmed plans to have dinner, though nothing is currently scheduled. The call comes shortly after it was announced that West would be buying Parlor, the social media app that's dominated by conservatives. And as the rapper faces criticism for a round of highly anti-Semitic comments, including from Trump-allied conservatives. 
And uh, when you uh, when 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 you've got the likes of Matt Schlapp saying, with so many problems in society, blaming Jews for exploiting media or people of color is not one of them. Jews and other minorities should find common cause in crushing BDS CRT. Oh, for I admire Kanye in many ways, but his harsh comments of Jews are offensive and wrong. Unite and fight. And Nitwit Nero, like I said, told his friends that ye is his words. Crazy. <laughs> Needs help. Oh, physician, heal thyself, honey. On and on and on. Then there's Elon Musk. We can get to him in a minute. Jesus, please fly away to your goddamn beach house on the moon. Uh, or Mars, I'm sorry. Mars, Elon. Take your buddies with you. Uh, Ye, Matt in San Francisco writes, has untreated mental health issues. Just because he's rich doesn't mean he should be taken seriously. The man needs to be seen by a doctor and find a medication that works for him. Letting him run around untreated is just wrong. I'll add, Matt, it's cruel. The fact that we as a society elevate him and give his words weight as if he's a serious intellectual contributor to the national consciousness is a sign that we are circling the drain. Happy thoughts! Oh, no, no. Matt in San Francisco wins our Ray of Fucking Sunshine Award for this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you. As far as uh, I'll defend your right to say it to the death, says Stephen New York, no. In a court with a $100,000 retainer billed at $500 an hour, yeah, I'd do that. Then I'd donate a bunch of money to J Street, the sane alternative, the sane alternative to APAC. Ooh, look at you doing the, the, heavy, the heavy lifting there. Nice call. And Ron notes, ye is mad. This shows you how cold, hard cash will insulate you from criticism and punishment. Critical race theory is needed, but critical thinking is needed more. This is just the beginning. It's only going to get worse from now on. If the Dems manage to take the midterms, the feces will really hit the fan. These folks really know how to talk out of both sides of their mouths. Yes, they do. And isn't that a horrible place to be in in our heads? We know that for the sake of the nation, the Democrats have to retain control of both houses of Congress and hopefully even expand their control in the Senate. And yet at the same time, we find ourselves thinking, wow, these violent assholes are really going to be even more violent assholes than they already are. That looks fun. And then there's a... Then, have you followed this story about Dasha Burns? Now, she's a uh, reporter for NBC. And she was assigned to do an interview with John Fetterman. Who had a stroke? 
that having a stroke does not disable you from being able to pursue office. There's nothing about strokes in the Constitution, either of Pennsylvania or the United States. You know, originalism. But Dasha Burns uh, decided to... Sorry. Oh, I let you in on that last sneeze. That was a wild one. Um, Dasha Burns wanted to talk with John Fetterman about the impact of his stroke. Because of, well, this... since the stroke. Walk me through why we need the closed captioning, how it works. It's, it's really just how things happen because I sometimes will hear things in a way that's not perfectly clear, so I use captioning. The reporter, Dasha Burns, followed up with this account of the experience. In small talk before the interview without captioning, it wasn't clear he was understanding our conversation. For that, Yeah, in small talk. Uh, how uh, we all ha- we all engage in small talk it's meaningless it's often vapid but that comment is what got her dasha burns in sort of a shitstorm of her own making. But it was inappropriate that she said during small talk uh, before our yeah, interview. Maybe she's bad at small talk. Maybe yeah, it was maybe, her. Maybe it's her. <laughs> Burns report. Yeah. Maybe it is. But bless her for the ferocity, uh, for, the, for, the, for the fierce woman she is. Uh, John Fetterman uh has a magnificent partner in his wife, Giselle. She now says that Dasha Byrne should actually be disciplined. She said, I don't know how there are not consequences. She was enraged by listening to the, uh, the, the, the way that Dasha Burns described her husband's needs because you know, and we 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 had we have had here years ago now someone actually have a stroke on the program. Blessings upon you, Bill, Mister Stress Miller, wherever you are or aren't. And he, he, he described it later because he got over the stroke. But he, was, he knew the words he wanted to say, but the words wouldn't come out the right way. And people who were then members of the community rushed to his aid and saved his life. But the brain is an amazing and complicated and sometimes infuriatingly 
difficult to understand organ. So your sight can be fine and you can read things just fine, but you don't hear things. Your brain doesn't hear things like it ought to be hearing things. And that's where John Fetterman is now. It has nothing to do with his ability to represent Pennsylvania in the Senate. But somehow or another, the fact that he needed closed captioning and text-to-speech, uh, speech-to-text, was a problem for Dasha Burns? Giselle Fetterman said, if this happened in a school, if this was a child that was ableist toward another child or a teacher, there would have been issues stated. There would have been new training done. Speaking to the Independent, she said, What's being done at the media after a reporter came out so openly ableist toward a person? I think shocked and appalled, but sadly not surprised. I know there's still so much to do, but it would be great to see some accountability to actually see real change. I'd love to see an apology towards the disability community from Burns and from her network for the damage they've caused. You know, I saw a new acronym. Acronym. Anachronism. Oh, dear. I saw a new, leave it alone, it's a meme, and it says, don't be trash, transphobic, racist, ableist, sexist, homophobic, don't be trash, and that's all we have to do, that's all people have to do. Marginalized communities aren't out there trying to... No, no, stop. But that one's worth memorizing. An acronym. Trash. Transphobic, racist, ableist, sexist, homophobic. Don't be trash. Memorize it. Tell your friends and neighbors. Uh, Giselle Fetterman went on and said we have received so many messages from folks who said this is exactly why I'm afraid to seek accommodations this is exactly why I'm afraid to pursue a different position because of exactly what your husband has gone through so I think he's shown what he's experienced but a lot of people saw themselves in him and how in God's name there is any kind of a contest between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz well, it plum evades me. Because Dr. Oz just keeps stepping on rakes. Making fun of Fetterman's disability. And then desperately trying to find a person of color to act like they like him. So there was a story published by the Associated Press last week. And the story highlighted the shooting of Sheila Armstrong's brother and nephew. It was a story of note in the Philadelphia area. And so the Associated Press went on to talk about uh, how there was a, 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 a like some sort of a listening session 
where the AP says the chairs were arranged a bit like Oz's former daytime TV show set, in which Dr. Oz concernedly and caringly asks Sheila Armstrong how she copes. And I'm not without sympathy here. There's only one problem. Neither the AP nor the Oz campaign made it public that Sheila Armstrong is a uh, campaign coordinator for the Oz campaign in Philadelphia County. No, it took Brendan McPhillips, who is the uh, campaign manager for uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, said the AP tried to find an enthusiastic Oz supporter but could only get a paid staffer from his campaign and yet framed it to their readers as if she was an average voter. Why is the AP giving no scrutiny to a candidate who has been a professional liar on TV for over a decade? Damned good question. Because he was Dr. Oz selling herbal diabetes cures and the like. You know, just like Mike Huckstrap did. It's a good racket. I wonder if he ever sold Super Beats. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, Sheila Armstrong, Armstrong said, yeah, she organized and wrangled RSVPs uh, before a campaign event for Dr. Oz and was on the campaign payroll and not one of the media outlets in Philadelphia that uh, covered this thing, whatever it was uh, could be bothered to note that she was a paid staffer And Sheila Armstrong even lied about inviting John Fetterman to the community discussion. She made a video saying she did. But she didn't. Naturally, no further comment from the Oz campaign. Right, Randy Radar. And then Dr. Oz tortured some puppies. Has anyone seen this dog since May? Wow. And back, it, it being, you know, the Supreme Court of the United States is by no means immune to a nomination on Maury and Monday. And they did it again. Um, today, the court declined to hear a case that would have finally addressed a grave misjustice among uh, citizens of U.S. territories like American Samoa, Guam. The cases are called 
insular cases. No, let me go back here. That's a good that's a good observation. Thank you, Dan. What that reporter did was an attempt to dis- disability shame Mr. Fetterman. NBC needs to publicly apologize and give Fetterman sufficient time to counter this smear. The reporter needs to be severely reprimanded at least, but NBC aired her shameful comments. Well, her shameful comments were part of her stand-up. You know, that accompanied the, the that accompanied the interview. It wasn't entirely clear if he understood my small talk. Jeez. Oh, and paid staff, Sheila Armstrong, Matt in San Francisco says, so if I'm paying people to be my friend, maybe our relationship isn't legit? Well, you know, it reminds me, Matt, it reminds me of the old you-so-ugly jokes of childhood, you know. When you were a baby, you were so ugly, your mama had to tie a pork chop around your neck to get the dog to play with you. Remember that one? I do. Uh, But, yeah, the... But again, he's a Republican and a maggot, so he's going to behave that way. I mean, was Candy Owens busy? She's she's every maggot's black friend. You know, her and ye. But anyway, back to the insular cases in the Supreme Court. The insular cases are a line of cases from the early 1900s that said U.S. citizens of territories are not entitled to full constitutional rights. Um, They held Puerto Ricans shouldn't have full constitutional rights. Uh, and in 1922, the Supreme Court said that uh, people in territories were only guaranteed fundamental rights under the Constitution and not to all of its protections. So in the case at hand, which is Fittisamanu versus United States, some American Samoans brought suit to challenge the fact that they do not have full constitutional rights, equal rights under the Constitution, claiming they were labeled second class by the U.S. government. And even a citizen of American Samoa who lives in in, in one of the states can't even vote unless they've become naturalized citizens. And so, oddly enough, back in April, Ann's boy, Neil, remember him? He's the uh, Supreme Court justice who argued that a black man should freeze to death inside a disabled truck in the dead of winter in Minnesota instead of going for help. Yeah, I think it was Minnesota. Well, he, he back in April, he said he was aggrieved by the insular cases. He said that the insular cases rest on racial stereotypes 
and said that uh, they they claim that territorial citizens are alien races who shouldn't be governed according to Anglo-Saxon principles and that that deserves no place in our law. Those were his words. And yet today, the Supreme Court of the United States rejected the petition in Fittisemenu versus United States. And nothing. And the, 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 the uh, Samoan citizens said, the subordinate inferior non-citizen national status relegates American Samoans to second-class participation in the republic. And they're right. And we do not know what the vote was or who voted which way, but both Gorsak and Sonia Sotomayor have said that the insular... Ca- uh, the insular cases have to go. Hey, thanks for that, Colin. I'll check it out. Oh, dear God, I started something. Lady B. The your mama jokes. Your mom's teeth so yellow when she smiles, people say, I can't believe it's not butter. <sighs> yeah, you get a cowbell for that. Yeah. So we are at the halfway moment of the program, or the halfway mark, a little over. And we're somewhere around in a $1,300 hole. It's probably worse than that. But... It would be nice if this wasn't a goose egg night because this is the thin part of the month. And if I sat here and started cataloging the bills that there are the bills bills that remain an existential threat to the continuation of this program, I'd probably start crying. So I'm not going to do that. But needless to say, if you can help, hit the PayPal button at headon.live. It makes more of a difference than you know. Um, So thanks in advance if you do. Oh, and Nitwit Nero's got a new hustle. He's always got a new hustle. It's been a while since I heard from you, friend. I love the fact that I'm on this list. But I know that you've always been a top supporter. Well, another word for top supporter. Isn't it? It's called a bra. Uh, never mind. I want you to know how much I appreciated your vote in 2020. My team just launched a brand new Don't Blame This Family. We voted for Trump. Welcome, Matt. And I'm giving you priority access to get one uh, for yourself before anyone else. These iconic American-made welcome mats, you know that means they've got a Made in China sticker, and it was probably made in a factory that Iwanka owns, are reserved for only our best supporters. 
the patriots who voted to make America great again in 2020. So I'm saving one for you, friend. I can only hold it. Don't blame this family. We voted for Trump. Welcome, Matt, for you for the next hour. So don't wait. Uh, that came in at 631, so I'm already down. Oh, God, I've only got 55 minutes to respond. But it's going to cost me 62 bucks. Damn. If I got one, maybe we could maybe we could use it for like walking the dog every day, you know? <sighs> oh, thank you, Ralphs. Ralph says I'm offering a $25 challenge. Lassie, get the sheriff. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you. So your 25 bucks can turn into 50. Ralphs will make it so. You're five ten, you're ten twenty. Twenty five dollar challenge. And we'll say that that would get us down to twelve fifty. Which means we're almost a full week behind. Probably are a full week behind. But anyway, leave it alone. I'm sick to death of talking about it. I hate it. I wish I mm. But th- this is important. Moving on. And by the way, if you want to engage in some conversation, you're more than welcome to. I'm you know. I, I, I don't uh, oh no oh no oh no I guess technically I started it Lady B you egged it on here's Ron and Raleigh your mama's so fat when she sits around the house she really sits around the house oh god Thank you, Dave, number 11. I love it when Dave's notes come with a, 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 a warning. at the Don't read aloud. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Dave. Well, we had to lighten things up somehow or another, didn't we? No, I won't read it aloud, but everybody else wants me to. I'm sure, but no, I will not. Thank you for the thank you for the warning, Dave. Thank you. So, uh, remember Friday evening when we took a little extra time and we listened to the intellectual stylings of Deputy Herschel Walker. Is that a reboot? Walker? Georgia Stranger? Sometimes sometimes we just work on these jokes on the fly. Some some work, some don't. Walker, Georgia Stranger. Um, But uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution had a preview of the Senate debate. And there was buried, as Jezebel points out, uh, deep in the uh, preview was a little misogynistic morsel uh, about Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. 
he was down in Blakely, Georgia. I have no no idea where that is. Um, if Steve's out there, maybe he could help. Doesn't really matter. He was in Blakely, Georgia. That's 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 all. And he was campaigning. And he decided to unburden himself of uh, some more hatred for reproductive rights. At which point, some, you know, some bubba asked Kemp a question. Did you need a picture? I don't really need a picture. I was hoping to shake his hand and ask him a question or two. He has to shake your hand real quick. Hey, Governor. Thanks for being here. I want to to bring up an idea you may have never heard. What's that? A statewide ban on the destruction of embryos. Pro-life. It's a disgusting practice. Fertility clinic just joined us. It's stuff we didn't think about. I've never heard it discussed. Well, it's just now starting to become a conversation. Would that pass the legislature? Is that possible? Fit the law. It would probably be part of the bills that come forward yeah. in the future. Yeah. It's amazing. We barely got the heartbeat bill passed. One vote. You like the idea? Yeah. 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 This man's proven his pro-life credentials. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring He's it up. You haven't thought about that. That's why the list is so important. Yeah. Well, if you haven't yeah. thought about uh, it, yeah, we'll talk about that. that appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Frankly, it's a miracle he didn't bring up the kitty litter box, the, 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 the cat kid litter boxes, but no. Uh, a ban on the destruction of human embryos. Uh, and uh, Camp said, uh, well, we Bella got the heartbeat bill passed, one vote. But then, he, then the guy asked him, yeah, but do you like the idea of protecting IVF embryos? And he said, yeah. And then they had to, and then the Kemp campaign had to backtrack like hell. Oh, no, the, 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 the governor's been abundantly clear that his priorities for a second term are to build on Georgia's record economic success, invest in and support our schools, and keep our communities safe. So the question becomes, was he lying then or is he lying now? And Stacey Abrams remains on the attack. She said women deserve full citizenship in the United States and certainly in the state of Georgia. And they are being denied that because of Brian Kemp's six-week ban. But see, the weirdos, pro-life, the fetus fetishists, They think an embryo, which they can't argue has a heartbeat, or any human form at all, is entirely identical to a fully formed human being. You may recall all the way back to the reign of error of dim leader, when there was no small amount of barking and grunting 
about the poor little frozen babies down there in the liquid nitrogenin. And so they, they want to make sure that couples who are desperate to have a child but can't cannot access in vitro fertilization. Uh, some self-hating woman named Rebecca Parma, who is a senior legislative associate with Texas Right to Life, said, ultimately, we believe that all human life is valuable and deserves our legal protection from that beginning moment of fertilization, whether that occurs through normal means or through IVF. And so certainly we want those embryos who are created through the IVF process protected. Well, have them implanted in you, sugar. You know, you never see these pro-lifers running around, you know, adopting babies. Line up, ladies, you poor self-hating things. Up on the table and into the stirrups. Get yourself implanted with two or three. And then you can hate yourself when it's your fault if one of them doesn't take. Take lots of fertility drugs. No, they won't do that. Jesus. And of course now laws that, as Jezebel notes, uh, the principal policy analyst for uh, state issues at Guttmacher Institute, Elizabeth Nash, noted that 40 states, 40 out of 50, have laws about fetal homicide. And they're supposed to be a matter of criminal justice for people who are pregnant and are victims of crime that kills the baby they're carrying. Naturally, that's not how really how it works anymore. It's used by the fetus fetishists to uh, charge pregnant people with crimes. And then they'll and, 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 and those are available potentially to be used against fertility clinics. Horrible people. Horrible freaking people. There's no let up. But since we're in since we're in Georgia, uh, the folks over at Rolling Stone had an article about how Nitwit Nero's <clears throat> legal team went down to Georgia. Petty Foggers went down to Georgia. They were looking for an election to steal. Never mind. Um, this was some of the doings of uh, Squidney Powell. And they uh, found a friendly election official and got into some, yeah, got into some conspiring in Coffee County, Georgia. But it was more than just Coffee County. 
They were in Spalding County, where the election officials themselves were doing the bidding. And the, the report from Rolling Stone notes that they have seen emails and contracts that Spalding County election officials hatched a plan to illegally obtain data from voting machines and a pair of maggots on the county election board alongside the election supervisor plotted to hire a third-party tech firm to copy data from voting machines, the election server, and even iPhones used by election staff. And... uh, Well, there was some election fraud going on in 2020. Democrats and Joe Biden weren't doing it. The maggots were. We're gonna. We're just gonna keep finding out more and more. Yeah. Oh dear God, Dan. Yo, mama's so ugly. Even Hello Kitty said goodbye. How do these things get started on this program? Uh, Matt in San Francisco, the question, why? Why do you never hear, how about a bill that would require chastity belts for all straight heterosexual men? God. No nut November's on the way, right? I wish I didn't know what these things were. Hey, thanks to Tom and Sonny San Rafael jumping in on Ralph's challenge. And uh, uh, thanks for uh, thank you, George, in, in California. Thank you so much. Ralph's challenge has been met, and then some. So let's see. Uh, we're down to um, I guess we'll call it twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. And then there's Gino. Oh, my goodness, Gino. Uh, We're down to 9.30. Gino, thank you so much. I can't tell you. Oh, my heavens. Thank you so much. 930 bucks to go. Thank you for the have a show on me. So, um, let's see. Let's work this out. Well, you know what? Let's just say that... uh, um, Last Tuesday was brought to you by Gino. Thank you, Gino. And so uh, now we're just a little over three days down. Yeah, sorry, Ron. Ron and Raleigh says, do you mean to tell me that the Kraken lawyer still has a law license? I guess the wheels of justice do grind slowly. And then P.S., totally separate topic. If they developed a male pill, birth control pill, guess who wouldn't take it? I might never not be able to not make, get nobody and baby make. I wouldn't have no more baby gravy. Jesus, I hate myself sometimes. Um. Say, clear that out. 
but if I'm feeling, or you know, if I occasionally run across one of those things where I wish I could st- unsee what I've seen or unthink what I've thought or unlearn what I've learned, like the previous phrase. Well, in the uh, Oath Keepers trial today, uh, the prosecution team introduced into evidence messages between the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, shoot your eye out, kid, and he did, uh, and his lawyer. Kelly Sorrell. And the purpose of introducing what one would ordinarily think would be privileged communication between attorney and client, well, no, 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 not with Stewie. Uh, In point of fact, they used used the the messages to point out the fact that Stewie and Kelly... um, had a relationship that extended past the anything that Blackstone or Cook or Justice Marshall or pretty much anybody else who's ever practiced law would see as an attorney-client relationship. It was early January 2021, just days before the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States and constitutional governance thereof, when uh, Stewie wrote to Kelly... And she's not just any Kelly. She's a K-E-L-L-Y-E Kelly. A Kellya. Stuart Rhodes wrote to his lawyer and said, Speaking of fucking, if you need some, come on over. And she said, No, no, I'm kind of busy. And he said, Well, I'll have to drag you into bed later. And she writes back, that's how I know you're trouble. You're too good at what you do. Whole bad boy thing. I'm a damn moth to a flame. Ooh! Well, the problem is, Kelly's also uh, charged with conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding for what she was doing with uh, the January 6th insurrection. Mm Mm-hmm. So she'll be tried at some point, I guess, for conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an official proceeding, obstruction of justice, and misdemeanor entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds. But she's not facing seditious conspiracy. Jesus, these people. Well, love knows no rhyme or reason, I suppose, and neither does lust. Uh, uh, Randy Radar uh, says, we're facing nuclear annihilation and we're focused on sex. Well, what do you want to talk about with the nuclear annihilation? Pootie's got a bomb. Pootie's got lots of bombs. Pootie may or may not be playing with a full deck or might be a few sandwiches shy of a picnic. Shit's going sideways over there for sure. And he's getting mad because Pootie gets what Pootie wants. Until now. 
Yeah, what was it? In, uh, a, uh, I've got the story here. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Belgorod region of Mother Russia, which borders Ukraine, an oil depot there is uh, on fire because it got the shit shelled out of it on Saturday. Belgograd Regional Governor Vyacheslav Gladkov said, We're getting bumped again. One of shells hit oil depot in Belgograd region. And, uh, uh, Tass reported that the burning depot is located in the village of, uh, Ratsumnoya 71. And showed photos of plumes of black smoke billowing into the night sky. Putin's shooting at their civilian infrastructure, so Ukraine is shooting back. And uh, Belgorod uh, has seen some fighting because of its proximity to Ukraine. And then there's uh, the violence against the uh, mercenaries, the Wagner group. Things are not going too well with the... And then there's a video that uh, has showed up recently of, uh, uh, of, 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 I guess, members of the military of Mother Russia showing up and just conscripting, conscripting construction workers. You come with us. You fight war. All he has to do, Pootie, is say, oh, why don't I leave? But you'd be surprised the number of people who are incurious enough or willing enough to be duped by the likes of Tulsi Gabbard and are moaning and groaning a bit. As 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 if the and and to hear them tell it the, the you know we're fighting the war you know American soldiers in body bag no, no we're doing it no but people will believe what they want to believe that's what confirmation bias is all about I'm pro peace always have been. But uh, you know, I, I wonder. I, I wonder what people would do if they actually were facing an invasion. Oh well, let's just give up and you know, be genocided. Why not? It's a different thing when yeah. We were the invaders in Afghanistan. We were the invaders in Iraq. 
And they fought back because, you know, we were there. I, I don't, I don't, you know, these, these, these people who follow right-wing politics and run down the, and run down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, you crow Nazis! I wonder if they'd raise a finger if it was them. Or they just run a Russian flag pole up and flag up the pole. Hail Putin. No, um, Oh, and now uh, the man who became governor of Florida only with the help of real live, no kidding, Nazis, uh, the white supremacist Ron Monkey Up DeClantis, is now mad at Ukraine. And he found some time to talk trash uh, on behalf of none other than the king of Mars, Elon Musk. Ukraine. Elon Musk positioned his satellites over Ukraine and gave them these things. So they've actually been using his devices to be able uh, to defend their country. And um, I guess some of the people in the in the government were attacking Musk. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, he's doing this for free. But don't bite the hand that feeds you. Good Lord. I mean, have a little bit. So but I think there was like kind of that kerfuffle. But I think he's I think he but he has provided that for them for free. And if you think about it in a country that big, given what's going on, I mean, that's that's tens of millions of dollars uh, that he's effectively donated. And so we and the thing is, with this, you know, we didn't have to ask him. Uh, he basically said he was going to send send relief. And so so we appreciate that. And, and we appreciate so many others who have been involved and, and been helping the effort. We've got some of the greatest organizations that have been down here helping folks. And really from day one, I mean, it was almost like, you know, you had to try to pry people away from here because so many people wanted to come help. So it was really, you've seen a lot of generosity of spirit and you've seen a lot of people step up uh, to help their, their, their fellow Floridian or even just their fellow American. And I've even, I know people from foreign countries have wanted to help just because that's just kind of the nature of it. So uh, thanks to everybody who's been in. Yeah, we, we, him and that mouse in his pocket. Uh, but here's the thing. Since it's Ron Monkey up DeClantis talking, you know there's some lying going on. Because he's a liar. And so when he says, oh, poor little Elon's just doing that for free, and I guess there's some people mad at him. And I mean, it, no. It, it, like I said, Ron Monkey up DeClantis is a liar, so he lies. Elon is getting paid. Boy, is Elon getting paid. But, you know, Elon's got a fascist streak. We've known about it for a very long time. And so he's been doing some uh, some pissing and moaning lately. About how he's being mistreated, and he told Ukraine to just surrender. Oh, Elon, you, you, you go over there and surrender. You, you, you do that, sugar. You do you, boo. God, these maggots. We haven't heard from uh, constitutional scholar and possible seditionist senator uh, from Utah, Mike Lee, 
Well, <laughs> he's he's running for re-election, and he wrote an op-ed for the Salt Lake Tribune in which he campaigned for himself in the third person. He wrote it. It was titled, Mike Lee has earned a reputation as a principled conservative and wrote, Mike Lee serves as a United States senator representing the state of Utah. Since taking office, Senator Lee has earned a reputation as a principled conservative. He believes elected officials are responsible for keeping the federal government within its constitutionally limited role. And he also shit himself on January 6th. Had to explain to Nitwit Nero that, uh, you know, from like under a desk... that things were not good there that day. This is like an episode of Seinfeld. George Costanza is upset. George is not happy. Lee serves on various Senate committees important to Utah. Senator Lee has fought for Utahns and their values. Senator Lee has remained committed to advocating for limited government and fiscal responsibility throughout his career when he wasn't in the middle of a coup. I love this. Mike Lee couldn't find anyone else to call him a principled conservative, so he called himself that in an entire op-ed that he authored himself. Unreal. God. Yeah. And so we're back. (laughs) We're back to the pork chop around the neck to get the dock. Never mind. Uh... Yeah, this is the some bitch Ron and Raleigh says of, of Monkey Up. When he was in the Congress, he voted no on relief for the Northeast after Hurricane Sandy. Fuck you, death sentence, and fuck you too, Elon. Maybe they could. Well, never mind. We're talking about sex too much. Oh, and uh, I need to. I need to run over to the stress line. I hate to keep people waiting. We're into the third hour of the program. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. Hey, Dave, you how are, are you? Rather, I'm doing fine. Now, you understand, of course, that the reason that old people like Mike Lee and and uh, Monkey Up the Klansman and uh, uh, Donald the John Trump love Elon Musk is he can tell them how to set up an apartheid state like he had when he was a boy back in South Africa. So, you know, I I think that is where uh, Elon's little uh, goose-stepping comes from because, you know, These guys make the mistake of of conflating religious faith with political ideals. Um, First off, I doubt any of them have actually read the purported book. 
uh, or I should say the, the bound library that, that, that is their holy writ. Um, I, I doubt any of them could spell God, let alone know who that being is. Um, I heard um, uh, I guess it was a campaign ad or something about Marjorie Taylor Greene and they had a clip of her saying we can't have the peaceful transfer of power and yet she's still in the Congress. Precisely. And these people have all these people have all but said, Yeah, we're willing to overthrow the government, Heil Donnie, and uh, nobody does a damn thing. You know, all I've gotta say is, Merrick, it's time to charge the bastard. You've got more than enough or more than enough count to make it stick. Go for it. Perp walk his ass out of Marlard ass or Bug Monster or wherever he happens to be hiding in his little self. Put him in a nice, secure facility. And you can save money by putting the Secret Service there to guard him. And then you can have your uh, Bureau of Pure, uh, your Bureau of Prison uh, Corrections Officers watching the Secret Service, making sure they're not giving Donnie contraband, like phone calls that aren't monitored or something like that, you know. I think it's time. The, the nice thing about the January 6th committee uh, subpoenaing him now is Regardless, and they've given him enough time to respond, so let's get that out of the way. There's more than enough time for him to respond to the subpoena. Oh yeah, but he'd rather he'd rather litigate it all the way to the Supreme Court and hope hope against hope that the House uh, the House and Senate go Republican, because at the same time, Dave, there's an article out there in the New York Times. They actually sat down, and the reporter must surely have lost IQ points in the process. Uh, Robert Draper, writing for the Times, interviewed Marginal Trailer Queen and said, that she, and said that she spoke in a flat, unemotional voice and said, I think that to be the best speaker of the House and to please the base, he's going to give me a lot of power and a lot of leeway. And if he doesn't, they're going to be very unhappy about it. I think that's the best way to read that, and that's not in any way a threat at all. I just think that's reality. Well, I mean, hell, she threatens a young man who survived the shooting with a gun. I mean, what, what the hell makes you think this woman would have any kind of sense? You know, um, I spent part of my life down in Texas. As a boy, I'm sorry, and and well, no, 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 no. I I, I lived in Houston, so it wasn't like I was in the 
civilized taxes. Yeah, I was there. I was in Harris County, as a matter of fact. That, that proves, A, I know where I was. Two, my best friend's dad was a was a detective with the Harris County Sheriff's Office. And he used to give us rides to school in his police car. <laughs> so I learned to mind my P's and Q's pretty damn quick as a nine-year-old boy. And... Uh, you never, if, if my buddy Jody's dad had, had uh, hold on a second. Um, if my buddy Jody's dad had heard me talking like Marjorie, uh, he'd have gotten me out of, out of my house and away from my family as quick as as, as they could, because there's obviously something wrong here. Um, she's acting like a two-year-old. And there's only one thing you do with a two-year-old is throwing a temper tantrum like she is. We stick her in a corner. Unfortunately, in Georgia, they elect her to the Congress. God. I mean, really? And uh, for all those times you hear them talk about them being real Americans and real patriots, I've got news for you. I've heard that language before, and it came from the 1920s. There, there might have been this little group you might have heard of called the Ku Klux Klan. Um, when I was doing my research into D.C. Stevenson, there was there is a lot of that material uh, in the state museum's collection. Uh, little placards and posters and things, you know, and and there's there's the. Uh, the gallant clansmen on the horseback and all of that. All the things that, you know, those of us who know better understand Hold on. Okay. Uh, I, I gotta go. Christine's calling. Okay, tell Christine we love her, okay? Alright, bye. Alright, bye. These things happen. Uh, by the way, uh, Lady B writing in uh, contraband. Dave, nowadays they just put money on their books, although extra packs of ramen, a pack of cigarettes, some playing cards, and a shiv can always come in handy. Especially the shiv. But, yeah. And uh, since we were talking last week about the bizarre behavior of the uh, Secret Service, it just keeps getting weirder. 24 agents, Secret Service agents, had their cell phones confiscated. And the confiscated cell phones were then turned over 
to the Inspector General of the Department of Homeland Security when he was launching the deleted text, uh, uh, the investigation of the deleted text messages. He, of course, that he, that IG, was a maggot. Um, Joseph Kafari, who later acknowledged that the texts from January 5th and 6th had been deleted. The agency, but here's the thing, the agency handed over the phones a little bit after July 19th of this past yeah. uh, And NBC reporting on it said, the revelation that Kufari's office had, has had access to the phones since late July or August raises new questions about the progress of his criminal investigation into the missing text messages and what, if anything, the public may be able to learn about communications between agents on January 6, 2021. He apparently learned in December 2021 that the phones had been wiped and the messages deleted, but he stayed silent about that until July 2022. But according to CNN... He actually found out about the deleted texts in May of 2021, scarcely five months after the terrorist attack, meaning that he waited over a year to tell Congress. And even people in the Department of Homeland Security are imploring President Biden to uh, sack uh, Kufari. They even sent a letter. It's a hell of a letter. It reads, President Biden, the mission of DHS OIG is to provide independent oversight and promote excellence, integrity, and accountability within DHS. Our work ranges from southwest border immigration, cybersecurity, domestic terrorism, airport security, to emergency management. The results of our reviews and the recommendations we make affect the American people at every level. Therefore, the highest priorities of an inspector general are integrity and independence. I.G. Kafari and his inner circle of senior leaders have fallen short in these areas time and time again. We need help. We can no longer be silent when faced with a continuous mismanagement of DHSOIG at its highest level. I.G. Kafari has made it clear that he wishes to remain in his position even in the face of prolonged deserved criticism in the media from Congress, from other oversight entities, and from his own staff. A true leader would recognize the effect of his actions on his workforce and understand the right thing to do would be to step aside. However, I.G. Kafari is not a true leader. He instead acts to weaken and undercut his career staff at every step. He no longer has the support of his workforce. Staff do not trust I.G. Kufari and his senior leadership to make the right decisions. He has permanently damaged the reputation of DHSOIG, which has already suffered public scandals and mismanagement. He has interfered with and weakened the ability of career staff to do their jobs. Jesus, this is looking like the list of grievances in the Declaration of Independence.
And this thing is single-spaced and goes on for a page and a half. We cannot complete our mission with I.G. Kufari in his position. In order to do our job successfully and with honor, we ask for your help to ensure that I.G. Kufari and his senior staff, namely Kristen Fredericks, step aside. He is unwilling to fulfill his mission. DHS OIG will continue to fail under his disastrous leadership. The missions of DHS and the OIG are too important to remain in the hands of IG Kufari and his front office. You're the only one who can help us before DHS OIG are forever damaged by IG Kufari. We need help. Signed, concerned DHS, OIG employees representing every program office at every grade level for fear of retaliation. We cannot identify ourselves. And they did everything in their possible to make in, in their power to make possible that this would get out and get seen. And if we can hang on to power on November eighth as we must. We might have a couple more years to try to dig through all this shit because it's going to take a a couple of years to figure it all out. You know, this isn't the Warren Commission coming up with the magic bullet theory. At some point in time, this country will fall if we do not root out this, this, this maggot terrorist insurrection root and branch and impose consequences for the behavior in which they have engaged. Oh, and speaking of the Secret Service, we now know that you, me, I, we, the people of the United States working on that more perfect union, were shelling out... uh, Huge rates, like $1,185 a night to put Secret Service agents up at Geezer Disgustus's infested pile of bricks, you know, Maga Loco. $1,185 a night, straight into Trump's pocket. God, the grift never ends with him. He was fleecing the American taxpayers left and right. Oh, but I'm not taking a salary. In total, taxpayers shelled out something on the order of $1.4 million dollars to the Trump criminal organization. So Secret Service agents could stay on uh, his properties. Representative Carolyn Maloney of New York wrote a letter to the Secret Service Director Kimberly Cheadle 
She said the exorbitant rates charged to the Secret Service and agents in free and, and agents frequent stays at Trump owned properties raise significant concerns about the former president's self-dealing and may have resulted in a taxpayer funded windfall for former President Trump's struggling businesses. Meanwhile, Eric the Dumber previously said, Well, we only charge the Secret Service at cost. That eleven eighty five is way higher the approved government rate for hotel accommodations. And bear in mind, you know, the, the federal government does not, does not expect Secret Service agents uh, to stay at a Super 8. I always think of Jason Isbell singing, Don't Want to Die in a Super 8 Motel. Oh, they can be pretty nasty. I remember the one we stayed in in Manassas when we were working on Appalachia Rising. Now, I was still a smoker. It was a smoking room. But I'm pretty sure tobacco wasn't what was getting smoked in there. I, I, I just the, the, the whole room just kind of had a bathtub meth lab vibe about it. But then again... There's a room at Magaloco. I think I had the best. I, th- I think I was better off with the uh, bathroom meth lab at Super 8. Uh, the, uh, the, and by the way, the documentary coming out, A Storm Foretold, about the end of the, uh, of the maggot rain and the run-up to the terrorist attack of January 6th. Uh, it is apparently contains some footage of uh, Roger Stone losing his shit. Uh, in which Roger Stone brays to the camera, speaking of precious princess, I wank at my daddy Trump Kushner. Fuck you and your abortionist bitch daughter. Because he was pissed because he didn't get a second presidential pardon. Yeah. Seems like there's a whole lot of January 6th in the program this evening. Um, and here we go. Another, mag- another maggot, another terrorist. Um, 57-year-old Jeffrey McKellop, apparently in, uh, uh, I'm assuming, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Pretty sure it's not Fayetteville, West Virginia, because we don't have a Fayetteville observer. But Jeffrey McKellop, yep, North Carolina, uh, was previously a member of the 3rd Special Forces Group. Now, he's a decorated veteran of the Army Special Forces. He was posted at Fort Bragg. And on January 6, 2021, he was um, busy... Uh, 
trying to beat or beating uh, a, uh, a Capitol Police officer, officers, with a flagpole. And so now he's uh, got a motion before the court in which he cites President Biden's address of September 1st, 2022. Stand by. And you'll recall uh, that that September 1st address was in Philly. And it's the one that caused the, uh, the the maggots to have yet another shit hemorrhage. Why is there a Marine? Because he's the President of the United States and it's not a campaign event, dumbass. Uh, but on September 1st, President Biden said, MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. And went on to say MAGA Republicans, not every Republican, because you have to do that, not all Republicans. Uh, not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. They do not rep- uh, the MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger to the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. And so the aforementioned Jeffrey McKellop... Uh, says that President Biden, quote, has intentionally and irreparably poisoned the entire nation as a jury pool, and that that's why his case should be dismissed, and he should be sent, uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe given a club med vacation or something, not club fed. Now, uh, he says that... Uh, Biden ensured that Trump and the MAGA Republicans are a clear and present danger to our democracy. That Biden made the whole country believe that. But here's what he's trying to get out from under. This is some shit. Um, He was indicted on February 14th on 10 counts of assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers. Two counts of assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers using a deadly or dangerous weapon. One count of civil disorder. One count of entering and remaining on restricted grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. One count of disorderly and disruptive conduct on restricted grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. One count of engaging in physical violence on restricted grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. And one count of engaging in physical violence within the Capitol grounds. He showed up on January 6th. He was one of those. He was one of those. Um, And he had flagpoles, a helmet, a tactical vest, protective eyewear, and a gas mask. And stayed despite being told to leave. He was throwing things at officers. Tried to grab a can of riot control spray from a police lieutenant's hand threw a bottle at a line of officers, grabbed another officer, struck a sergeant, and assaulted another officer by shoving her to the side. Apparently struck a police captain in the face. 
and threw the flagpole as though it were a spear. Twenty years he was in the Special Forces. He retired from Fort Bragg in 2010. And somewhere along the way, he never bothered to learn not to commit treason against your own country. He received three bronze stars, deployed twice to Iraq and twice to Afghanistan. And they're arguing his character. The strength of Mr. McKillop's character is shown through his extensive and distinguished military service, his cooperation with the FBI as relates to his arrest, his lack of criminal record, his lack of involvement in organizing the riot, riot, and his willingness to surrender himself and potential evidence. Meanwhile, uh, acting U.S. Attorney Channing Phillips said, despite many opportunities to reconsider his actions, He did what he did. He weaponized his extensive military training and experience to attack the U.S. Capitol and facilitate its breach during constitutional proceedings on January 6th. He's tried to get it out of D.C., his trial, uh, because he said uh, 93% of voters in Washington voted against Donald Trump. And so he he wants it moved to the Western District of Virginia. He claims in his motion, Residents of Western Virginia have not been warned that domestic terrorists are threatening their hometown, nor is the area overrun by D.C. politics. You know, I remember when uh, brown people were taken into custody by the United States, and we were told that it was not safe to try them anywhere in the U.S., and that they should just be forever imprisoned at Guantanamo. Have we got any open cells down there? Because it sounds like he might be dog-whistling that some domestic terrorists might show up to try to help him or something. I don't, I, I don't know. The president's poisoning of the jury pool has obstructed the conduct of an impartial trial. The charges against the defendant should be dismissed. Oh, for pity's sakes. Well, at least he wasn't sending dirty emails to his lawyer. I guess that's about as much as we can say. Lady B says, in in regard to I.G. Kufari, just how much does Biden know about the people who work in his administration? Sorry, but the toothy grin and shrug of shoulders he gave to the media is bullshit. I'm standing by Biden for now, but if he has the power to fire Trump appointees and get rid of the corruption, why hasn't he done it yet? Does he consider them useful idiots? I sent you an email about Colorado Springs PD and their nasty comments they made about wanting to harm protesters. I saw that. That's repulsive. I hate that Garland is taking so fucking long. Dotted T's and I's be damned. In two weeks, democracy could end as we know it. Is there nothing more important than that? What does it take to get a fire going under Democrats' asses? I think the fire's there. And I'm doing my dead-level best to think that Garland is moving in such a way that when he does strike, 
you know, that he will hit his target. That's all I got, Lady B. That's all I got. We know the grand jury's working. We know that Mark Short, former chief of staff to Mike Pencilneck Geek, testified before them last week. And there's a lot of a lot of people who know a lot more law than I do or, who, who are saying that it's getting closer and closer to the end of the line. Uh, dear God, Irish Dave sends a long... Uh, Senator Markey raises alarm on fatal overdoses among active duty service members. Markey pushes DOD for answers following reports of at least 14 recent overdose deaths at Fort Bragg. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, In the remaining time we have to the program, let's run back over to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Abortionist bitch. Hey, Darlene. So I guess that, hey, Robin. So I guess that means she supports abortion rights. (laughs) Abortionist bitch. Yes, abortionist bitch. Um, You know, I mean, I, I have... Opinion, <laughs> like whatever. Um, these, you know, at least I mean, Connecticut's trying to build some sort of a firewall. Uh, should the um, Republicans take the House? Because um, Attorney General Tong, who's he's a very good Attorney General, um, he appointed a special counsel. Um, to deal specifically and solely with um, any of the lawsuits and everything that's coming down, um, you know, uh, for trying to uh, prevent women uh, from having their, you know, their privacy rights. So, you know, the lawsuits that are coming and everything else, so they've got a special counsel that's dedicated solely to protecting a woman's privacy rights, her right to choose, her right to an abortion, or, you know, people who can get pregnant. Um, so, uh, John Fetterman, um, and I sent, I sent this to you, I think, on Friday, and I, I, don't, I don't think you read it um, during the front porch. But um, it's interesting, uh, you know, if John Fetterman can somehow manage you know, to beat uh, um, Mehmet, Mehmet Oz. I have a little story, too, a, a personal story about Mehmet, Mehmet Oz. But, um, you know, I think he could be a tremendous advocate for, for people with disabilities. Um, and it's, it's just, um, it's pathetic and it's sad, um, the discrimination being levied at someone who could, I mean, I don't know his prognosis, but he could feasibly fully recover from his stroke. Um, it's very early in the game, and he seems like he's doing exceedingly well. And this is the year, I think it was, I want to say June or July, it must have been July, where they 
Congress celebrated or commemorated, uh, however you want to put it, uh, this, I believe it's the 32nd anniversary of the signing of the ADA. Um, and uh, James Langevin, who I believe is the only person in Congress with a power wheelchair, um, oversaw the festivities uh, there at um, in, in the Capitol building, at, on Capitol Hill. And, you know, um, Joe Biden, this was around the time that Joe Biden um, contracted COVID, so he couldn't go anywhere. He was in quarantine. Um, but Joe Biden did give a, um, he was, quote-unquote, special guest virtually um, during the, the speeches and everything. And, and uh, he said, we are going to celebrate this. He goes, when I'm better, we're going to celebrate this. And I'm there, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, he, but they did. He and, and Jill, um, they they recently did a um, a commemoration there at the White House um, uh, for the ADA. And, you know, I know it's rare, you know, and nothing is ever absolute, but there are some good things that, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it, Republicans can do good things on occasion. <laughs> it's not like a clock, you know, that's right twice a day, it's, you know, you have to really search and look pretty far and, and wide for it. But it was George Herbert Walker Bush that signed the ADA into law. Absolutely. And, I, remember the, um, I remember the fits that Rush and, Limbaugh threw about it. Probably. Oh, yeah. Well, not probably. Definitely. <laughs> so, you know, so and may, and may those, um, may those uh, pineapples not hurt too little. So, um, you know, James Langevin actually had the opportunity, and then he was in Congress for, I think he was in his 22nd year, but he had an opportunity to thank, personally thank, George Herbert Walker Bush um, when, you know, W there, um, I think, did a commemoration, and they invited James Langevin there, and he was able to personally thank him. He said, you know, without this law, I never would have been able to get into Congress. I would not have been able to serve. So, um, you know, sadly, and, and James Langevin is the House, he's a representative um, for Rhode Island. And he represents a Warwick and a couple of other areas around Warwick. Um, and there's David Spitzelin, and then you have the two senators, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse. And there's another gentleman who I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. Um, but um, actually, he's not going to, he's not running again. And, um, you know, and, and, and he said, you know, he, he says, look, it's been 22 years. It's just time. And this was during the commemoration um, festivities at, at, on Capitol Hill. You know, he brought in, you know, people, Steny Hoyer and, and Nancy Pelosi and, and, um, you know, to give speeches. And um, he is the chair of the Disability Caucus there in Congress. So if John Fetterman wins, you know, he could be a very important voice for people with disabilities. And I hope that he participates uh, on the Disability Caucus. Um, James Langevin um, asked Debbie Dingle if she would chair the caucus after, you know, when he, when he leaves. And uh, she's thrilled. 
Um, she seems able-bodied. I think this is in honor of her husband because she said, you know, her husband and his friends, they, they had mobility problems. And she's like, like in tears and like really excited and just flattered at being asked by Langevin to share this pocket. So I think she's going to do a great job. In spite of all of this, you know, how far this country has to go, um, and this is the article that I sent you, um, James Langevin was denied, um, uh, he was denied uh, entry onto an airline. Yeah, I remember, I do, I do remember seeing that. He, yeah, um, and it was because his his wheelchair, power wheelchair, has a lithium battery, um, and he wanted to go. I think he was going to Italy. Uh, yeah, it was uh, this, uh, the Defense Department because he he does things with cyber and military. You know, he sits on various committees for them. And he did actually call ahead to make sure his power wheelchair would be permitted on the flight, but he never got past the check-in counter. And basically, they 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 refused um, him the flight because he's got the lithium batteries, which I guess are um, something relatively new in terms of the technology. Even when he brought the inventor of the wheelchair. Oh, for like, oh wow, because his wheelchair, he brought the inventor to, over, you know, he brought them there to, to explain that this is safe. He said no. And um, they were wrong. The airline, Lufthansa, was wrong because um, the law did permit his type of wheelchair to go onto the flight. So they improperly denied him, and he was able to book a flight later because um, he was able to get one of the staffers to run back to Rhode Island, to his home in Rhode Island, and bring another chair, get him another chair that, that didn't have the lithium battery. And they're claiming Lufthansa is all apologetic and everything else. But, you know, they blamed it on the complexity of the laws. The laws are just so complex. Um, but this is the second time he's been denied, you know, an airline flight. And then there are other people that have, in, in power wheelchairs, that have encountered um, resistance, arguments, a lot of, um, you know, back and forth with the check-in employees at various air, um, airports. Um, you know, a lot of um, clashes, that kind of thing. And Muscular Dystrophy Association, although it's, to me, it's just not enough. But they're they're trying they're trying to work with James Langevin and others to tr to try to um, get the airline and the airline industry to permit people in power wheelchairs to actually board the planes in their wheelchairs. And of course, the airline industries are no. This is costly. We would have to rip out six seats to allow one power wheelchair by the bathroom. So they want to stick us, you know, as far in the back of the belly, you know, the belly of the plane, and oh, yeah. you know, by the stinky bathrooms. <laughs> um, 
And so I am somebody who, you know, I mean, I basically can't take a flight unless, number one, I am willing to have people I don't know physically handle me, you know, like pick me up or, you know, and, and transfer me from my power wheelchair, probably into a manual wheelchair that is then put on the plane, and then I would have to be transferred into a seat. I don't know if they permit manual wheelchairs. I think they might be working on that. And then number two, I have to have my power wheelchair uh, put in baggage, where the statistics show that 40% of all power wheelchairs transported by airlines, by the airline industry, are damaged in flight. I would expect no less. Are damaged in flight. So here, you know, you know, and, and I, I really give I give James Landrum tremendous credit that that he has achieved what he has achieved, and and uh, um, and I don't know, you know, obviously from Rhode Island, I'm, I'm sure he could take six, seven hours, you know, um, a car ride to get back and forth into D.C. But this is a representative of Congress. This is a 22-year veteran of Congress, and they still screwed with him, and, and it didn't matter. So we still have a long ways to go with the ADA. Um, and and just, the, just the blatant discrimination, as you call it, ableism of this, of this nation. Um, and just, you know, because this, this candidate, this lieutenant governor, is Pennsylvania, at least, um, you know, had a debilitating or a partially debilitating stroke or temporarily debilitating stroke and is still recovering. And what he needs, you know, captions or closed captions just to, you know, are you kidding me that that's somehow just the absolute discrimination? I'm so glad that he's got a, like you said, a fierce wife, you know, his, his partner is a fierce woman and is calling this shit out. Um, but yeah, and I, Darlene, I, I want to be clear. I don't, I, I don't want able. the, I don't want the, I don't want the reporter to like lose her job or anything. I want her to be, in, I want her to be taught. I want her to not do that shit again. Uh, um, well, I'm fine with her losing her job, but that's just me. Um, because I don't know if somebody like that is trainable. But, you know, who knows? Um, well, you may be right. But, you know, but, but, you know, we should be in the position where, you know, I, I should be able to board the plane in my power, in the safety and comfort of my power wheelchair. I should be able to do that. I should be able and you know, you can, you can strap the wheelchairs in and you're good to go. And just the sense of independence. But, you know, to, to, to be worried about whether or not your wheelchair is going to function when you, when you, what if it, what if it's busted? What the hell do you do? Say you take a flight from Connecticut to California. Right. What do you do with a busted wheelchair? Well, well, the two behemoth, behemoth wheelchair repair corporations in this country, you know, because capitalism, it's just all an insurance scam. They, I'm, I'm still waiting for my wheelchair to be fixed. My primary wheelchair. Oh my God. Has not yet been fixed. We're going over one month. I complained and said I was going to complain to my congressmen and women. 
And whoever it was I spoke with, and I've got I've documented it, but I'm so afraid of retaliation. I'm not going to say anything until after I get the critical part to repair and the wheelchair is repaired. Basically, I said I'm going to complain to you know my my Congress uh, rep- my congressional representatives about this. She goes, "Oh, we have our representatives all over Congress. Oh, what they a know our thing mission. To say. We have their ear. We have their ear." And then I said, "Well, I said your company is a big company. Yes, that's right. We are a big company." <laughs> she eventually hung up on me. I, I, she just hung up on me. You don't treat your customers that way just because they're calling out, you know, and they made a decision that it takes 69 days for a repair like this to happen. Last I checked, I was a third of the way still like, why 69 days? And I said, well, they've ordered the parts, and the only reason is because I've been waiting help, but I've heard nothing since then. And I guess it's because why? Insurance, which I already know my insurance is not going to cover it. So I've got to pay for this out of pocket. But oh. say... You know, I was I was misinformed by the salesman. Oh yeah, sure. If I said, you know, if I take a flight somewhere and that wheelchair's uh, repair uh, is damaged, I can call New Motion. You have emergency services. Oh yeah, no, they don't. They don't have emergency services. There's USA seating. Can't remember what it's called. USA seating and something or else. And New Motion. New Motion is buying up as much of USA. Um, seating as they can, they're basically becoming, they, they are monopolizing. It's a monopoly. But this is a service, and they've made it into a for-profit enterprise. So, you know, when my wheelchair crapped out, they didn't ask me, do you have a spare? Are you going to be okay? Can we offer you something? Nothing. Thank goodness I had a spare because the salesman gave me one because I had so much trouble with the first chair that had to be returned. Thank goodness. And if this chair crapped out, I have to call. I literally, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am in an emergency. I mean, we're talking calling the fire department. Like, I would be in serious trouble. And I questioned this bitch that hung up on me. I said, well, I said, what about, well, most of, most of our, most of our customers have a spare. They had a spare wheelchair. And I'm like, you didn't ask me if I had one. You're assuming we have one, but there's no emergency services. So if, if, if I take a flight and the wheelchair is damaged by the airline industry, I can't get it repaired. How the hell do I, what do I do? There's no emergency services. There's no emergency repair. There's nothing. This is a massive, massive gap in services to people who, who critically need this. It's like, you know, a person who needs an ox- oxygen tank or what have you. You know, there are people in, uh, Florida, there was a couple. Both of them were on oxygen. They died because there was no power. Jesus. So, you know, I, I, I get a little pissed. I do. I get a little aggravated. You know, when I hear Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden say, I'm a capitalist, I'm a capitalist, I'm a capitalist. Not everything should be um, capitalized. And this is this is one of these situations. So, um it's it's frustrating if this chair busts. I'm in trouble. I've been trying to avoid. Like I learned an awful lot from the technician, which they don't tell you anything when you sell these wheelchairs to you. The salesman, they don't tell you anything. But I'm probably lucky that the actuator of the first chair lasted as long as it did, 
because I was pounding on it without really knowing that I was. Um, and he, he said, well, here's what you need to know. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, that would have been good to know a year and a half ago. Now I know. And I have to go get my, I, I still have to get, you know, that's the wheelchair, by the way, the one that's busted that I used to drive. <laughs> and, you know, so the man. Oh, no. so, I, oh, okay. Man so it's so like there's multiple, yeah, there's, there's multiple layers of yeah. screwed involved here. Exactly. And another sad one is I'm probably losing my mother as we speak. And I'm oh, no, Darlene, no. And we're trying to fight so hard to get her to just, but I could see the look in her eyes when she wanted to save time with me. I have not been able to be in the same room with her physically in two years. And now she's probably not going to make it. So this stuff is just, and I'm trying not to blame myself. I'm trying not to get angry and blame the state. I'm trying to be as forward looking and positive as I possibly can. But let me tell you something. It is not easy being a person with a disability in this no. nation. Even when you want, even when you want to contribute. And it took me all fucking Saturday, but I did it. I said, I'm going to do it. The FSHD Society had us, you know, they said, can you fill out a survey about what the costs are um, for a person like you, you know, with a disability? What are the costs? And it was a very arduous survey. It would be arduous for somebody who who doesn't have a disability. Uh, or, you know, who isn't differently abled. I, I prefer differently able-bodied. I, I know I've been told by the disability community that I should be using the word disabled and disability, but I, I you know, in, in trying to be more positive, hey, um, you know, I'm trying, I, I'm trying to look at things in a more positive light, and I would rather, I, I would prefer to be, be referred to as differently able-bodied. That's just me. You know, so... Um, the, the amount of money when I really, you know, they wanted to know, you know, home, you know, all of the modifications that are still ongoing. So I really just laid it all there and I said, here, I'm, I'm going to fill this thing out and let them know because, oh, maybe that can help us with, with uh, legislation going forward. You know, we'll see. Um, and to me, it's a bit mind-blowing FDR, which is why I'm kind of a fangirl and, you know, even though, all presidents are imperfect, and he did some really awful things with Japanese Americans during the uh, during World War II. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hide that. I'm not going to say that that's something to be overlooked. It should not be. But it's mind, it's just mind blowing to me that FDR, who may not have been suffering from polio, um, you know, was able to be president of the United States. Um, in, in a wheelchair, and there is a, there is a, I, I can't remember the author's name, but I, I can easily get that, but he wrote a book called FDR's Exquisite Deception, or Excellent Deception, and this individual was tasked with, and I think it'd be a fascinating read, that he was tasked with um, uh, advising the FDR administration on how to how to approach the public with you know in, in terms of FDR's disability, how to I don't know necessarily I want to say hide it, 
how how to deal with it. How you know he he provided this consultancy to them on how to present him. And you know most of them you see FDR. He's sitting in cars, and, and every once in a rare in rare instance you'll see him. His son is helping him stand up at, on a balcony. Um, in, in, at the back, uh, the uh, rear side of the of the White House and things like that, but I think that would be a fascinating read. Um, and to me, it's just remarkable. It's just remarkable that at that time in the '30s, you know, he uh, he was um, people didn't seem to mind that he he had this disability. And this was somebody who, you know, when he he was a vigorous young man when he was governor of New York, just bounding up the up the Steps, the capital uh, steps um, in New York, uh, Albany. So um, I just I just wanted to mention that. And um, the other thing that I I heard, and I know you got a little disturbing, a lot disturbing, <laughs> um, was on CBS this morning. They said, uh, and this this does echo your frustrations uh, during the presidential election. <clears throat> is the fact that they're seeing that voters under 30 are not turning out. They feel there's nothing to, there's no reason to. Isn't that the, per, isn't, but isn't, 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 but Darlene, isn't that the perennial lament? That's what I said. Yes. Uh, that's, you know, that's what you have said during, you know, in the 2020 election. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm very worried um, I'm telling you here and now, the uneducated, they're getting out to vote. They are getting out just a little, like a few different chats and things that I look at on, um, like on YouTube and whatnot. They're blaming, they're blaming Biden for the gas prices, everything else. Oh yeah. And, and they're this, too fucking stupid. and this, this, yeah. this, this Tulsi madness, I mean, you know, the check cleared. Yeah, and just, it's just crazy because, you know, the prices, the prices will, <coughs> they will turn around. Our rights won't. <coughs> That's a much more difficult battle. And we all know if Republicans take the House and or the Senate, if they take the House, and it sounds like they could get it. I mean, it's going to be a zoo. I All I can say is thank goodness Biden is there to veto, you know, a national ban. Um, So we've got him at least for a couple of years. Unless they successfully, and, I, and I, I know the, I know the kind of, I know the kind of bills that are going to come out of that house. You know, job one will be impeaching Joe Biden. For what I do not know, but yeah. that's going to be job one. And you know, when they tell you who they are, believe them the first time. You know, basically, uh, marginal trailer queen who is one of the biggest fundraisers and has no corporate stuff. It's all just you know the small dollar business. Uh, she's got the leverage. I hate to say it, but she does. And I also yes, hate does. to say yeah. it, but she's going to win. She's going to win re-election. Uh, yes, she is. Because she's a victim. She was the one that was there. And, you know, she's no insurrectionist. She was. 
she was the one that was a victim there that day. Oh, always. By the way, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to share with you. I wanted to share with you. You you got a note from Lady B. Subject line, Darlene. Hmm. I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. Sincere, positive thoughts and prayers, and I mean that. Your mom couldn't ask for a more courageous, strong, and independent daughter. You put us able-bodied folks to shame. She's proud, Darlene. We're proud. Baby, you will get through this. Let us help you. Let us shower you with love. Lady B. Thank you. Very kind. Well, you all know this day comes. But I was—I didn't think it would happen this soon, and uh, you know. Uh, but I appreciate that. And um, if we—if you know, we all lived—if we all lived, be, to, we be, all lived uh, to be a thousand years when it finally came, it would be too soon. That is true, and I agree with her. I think you know. I wonder sometimes Joe Biden—you know—he moves a little too slow. It's like you know. Um, We've talked about this, uh, you know, Ily Vassal has said that, you know, Joe Biden's an institutionalist, and, and uh, you, you and I have discussed that, you know, he's an institutionalist. And there are times where he just moves too slow, you know, it's just sometimes well, what's, yeah, what's, what's he, the line? takes him a while. What's the, line, what's the line from that Casey Kasem outtake? <laughs> ponderous, man, ponderous. <laughs> yeah, 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 hurry up with the ponderousness. <laughs> But uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Lady B. That really makes me, you know, my dad said that to me today. He said, we're so proud of you. I don't, you know, please know this. And, you know, he's 87, and I feel so bad because this is a terrible decision that we might have to make. And, uh, but, um, it's just, you know, it's just in the hospital. It's horrible. She was subjected to abuse uh, by one of the overnight watchers. So we're dealing with that. Have we lawyered yep. up? I mean, I'm sorry. I don't uh, mean this to be callous. Have you lawyered up? Not yet. We're looking to see what the hospital will do. Um, this is, but I, I, I can, because I talked to my, my brother and we're trying to figure this out. And I said, look, I really think this needs to be reported to the police because this is not only assault, it's a battery. And I said, I think we, we need, and he goes, well, let's, let's take it one step at a time, um, and see what the hospital does first. And I said, well, I don't trust the hospital. You know, it's, it's a hospital that they're not fighting with us. They're basically, she's been there two weeks and they're like, you know, we're trying everything. And we said, you know, treat us as if we were the president of the United States, you know, that orange turd basically. You know, when they did, they'll do everything to save his life. You know what I mean? He's not worth that. He's not worth the one, a single gray hair on my mother's head. You know, and that's one of the things about this country. You know, it's just so the pri- there's no the priorities are messed up. But I don't have to tell you that. And um, you know, if we they're going to go after. They're going to go after Social Security. They're going to go after everything. They're going to take away all the safety nets. And for these idiots to even think that they're going to be better off with Republicans, I, you know, one of the things I realized is that not only are they racist, but they're exactly like him. They're children. They're childish. They are, if they don't get the attention they want, they act like babies. These are the maggots. 
they they are exactly like him through and through character wise personality wise that's why he speaks to them on so many different levels you know yeah well so, again again we're back to confirmation bias you know he makes it okay for them to he makes it okay for them to think the toxic thoughts they think to feel the toxic feelings they feel and to and and to bray mm-hmm. the toxic brays that they bray. Yeah, he's he's he is Family one two. stop one stop shopping, uh, hate enabling. Now we know, even though you know he supposedly was put in the best quote unquote best school for educating for edu- getting an education. He had other people taking this test. He's not educated, but oh, you know, he, he's, you don't need to be educated to be highly manipulative and very, very smart and good at manipulation, which he is. And, you know, he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. Hey, I love the uneducated. I love the uneducated. Let me tell you something. It is the very ignorant and uneducated individuals in this country that's dragging the rest of us down. I'm not cutting them any slack. You know, maybe maybe somebody like a Tom Hartman will say, you know, low information. No, they're stupid and they're ignorant. And they need to be called that because, you know what, because of their stupidity and their ignorance, they're ruining it for everybody else. And it's, it, 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 it's deadly. It can mean death, you know what I mean? And it's like, anyway. Um, and, oh, and, and things have happened too. I mean, COVID, COVID, the pandemic, we're still ongoing. It, it messed up a lot of people's heads because let me tell you something, you know, people don't get back to you. They don't return calls. They're, they, you know, the way this hospital's behaving, this abuser, this abusive watcher. Um, and there are some other watchers, um, you know, be sure my mother's oxygen level doesn't drop. And my mother's with it too, by the way. She's not. She knows what's going on, which is what's really upsetting. And it's just her lungs. It's like her lungs are just not working right. And she, you know, there are some other watchers there that, oh, yeah, that one, you know, the one that was abused. The others that are shocked. They're shocked, I say. So it's like people are not, they're, they're not in their right minds. It's like they're just... There's been some sort of catastrophic. Well, you know, you're it's, it's, inter- it's, in- yeah, it's interesting you're you're talking about this because, you know, Annette and I talk sometimes. You know, like we'll be out going going to the store, or whatever, watching the way people drive, and she's like, "People are not okay. Yeah. Something, not okay. something yeah. happened. I mean, beyond beyond the obvious." Yeah. Something's happened with thought processes, right. and 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 the, you know the the constant pressure cooker, of this onslaught of horrifying information. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pogo yeah. stick up, pogo stick up onto the cross or anything because this is what I do. But, you know, I've talked about, ooh, need a vacation every now and then because I just need to turn off. And yes. you know, I did for I did for a couple of days in Alabama, and it was amazing how cleansing it felt. And, and, and 
and I was, I, I think, I think I had a better, <clears throat> I was better able to handle certain, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I do need to send out some thank yous real quick because people have jumped in. We have an anonymous gift. Thank you very kindly. That took us down to uh, 905, and then Cat in Ohio jumped in and co- took us down to 880. Uh, that's just that's just huge and wonderful, and thank you. Oh, awesome. and, and by the way, when you were uh, you know when, the minute you mentioned your mom, I knew that I knew that Jude out in the Great Northwest, I knew her heart would be going toward you. Oh, thank you. And we all are. And if if you need, I appreciate that. Thank you. You reach you reach out to me anytime you need to. Okay, you know that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you know, we all we all get there, and we are all there. You know, we all you know. And then I also try to stay stay positive. There are people who I mean, I know it sounds strange, but there are people out there who somebody who said you know there are people out there that would love to have your problems. And I'm like, huh? What? Well, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they would love to have your problems in the sense that, you know, maybe you're struggling with paying, you know, for a new washing machine for your house. Well, there's some people that that are homeless and would love to have that problem. There are some people out there who never had a mother or father or lost them very young, you know, and would love to basically be able to say that they had a mom most of their life yeah. and that their mother lived to 86 or what have you. So that's, is that, in a sense, I get that. And, um, you know, my father's very dedicated husband to her and um, he's still he's right up until the end. So we're very fortunate in a lot of ways. Too. I, I get and, that because, uh, yeah, yeah, you just, then, you just you made know, me, you made me think, you know, I, I had a mama for 32 years of my life, yeah. and I'm almost 60, and that there you go. blows you my know. mind. Uh, by the way, a little, you know, talking about people, yeah. people, you know, being weird now relative to, you know, COVID. And Matt in San Francisco said, you should try driving in the Bay Area. Five or six lane highways, most people yeah, moving with the flow, but a good 20% have a strange need to weave in and out of traffic at 85, 95 miles an hour like it's a video game. And he's right. And, you know, I saw it. I saw it in Knoxville. I saw it in Chattanooga. I saw it in Atlanta. I saw it in Birmingham. I saw it in Nashville. You know, everybody else is just trying to do, you know, just getting along. And there's one idiot yeah. in a, nine, nine times out of ten in a car that is nowhere near designed for it. And they're and they're playing Grand Theft Auto or something, you know, IRL. So. Right. It, yeah. That's why they have a death wish. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the and, way, by the just, way, um, you got you got another message here, and this is so sweet. Um, uh, an anonymous person just wrote in and said, "You know what? I'd like to put forth another have a show on me two for one challenge." In honor of the caller, Darlene, I'll mix I'll match the next amounts oh, that come wow. in two for one up to one hundred and fifty bucks. We disabled people have to stick oh, together. Wow. Oh, that is so sweet. It is. Well, I'll I'll do the fifty. You don't have to. You sit back. You don't do nothing, okay? Come on. You you attend to what you've got to attend to, and we will hold you in our hearts. 
because you are dear to this Thank community you. and don't ever doubt it for a minute. Thank you. Thank and you are loved. Yeah. And all all, all our strength go to you. Thank you. <clears throat> be as strong be as strong as be as strong as we know you will be. But don't 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 but don't be afraid to acknowledge the hurt. Because it's real and it does. Yeah, true. It, it does. Yep. Darlene, well, have as good a, have and, as good a, uh, have a have as good a night as yeah. you can. I will. Thank you. Love you all. Thanks. Love you. Good night. Bye. If you can find another radio show where this kind of interaction happens, pretty sure it's not happening on the right wing. But, yeah, thank you for sharing that with us, Darlene. Thank you for being brave enough and trusting enough to share that with us. And thanks to everybody who jumped in. Jumped in to support Darlene and show caring and compassion and love. Thank you. And so we're a little over time, but uh, that's okay. And we will... uh, Lady B, thank you. Thank you for getting getting in there. Thank you. And Shorty in L.A. says, ain't no other radio show. I really don't think there is. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers for all you do. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. You all make this all possible. Thanks to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in this program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you so much. To Sparky in the chat room. Thanks to everybody who came by to the chat room this evening. Sometimes I screw up and don't say hi, and I apologize. That's That's rude of me. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'll be covering for Mike uh, Friday and Monday. Looking forward to that. I always enjoy a chance to chat with the truth seekers. Being how I are one, too. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, featured on NPR this evening, I found out earlier, from a couple of sources. i got to go listen to that. Just found out over the weekend there's a massive coal operation basically slated for my backyard. Damn. Please reach out in the remainder of this Congress. Let's make a good showing at the end. Ask your elected member of the House to co-sponsor H.R. 2073, the Appalachian Communities Health Emergency Act. It really is the best and only hope Appalachia has of a future. Stay safe. Get your booster. Damn it, I'm going to get mine. God, I just, I don't know why I'm blocking like this. 
but I got to go get mine. And wear your mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, maintain your social distance where it is at all possible to so do. And, of course, uh, if some uh, marginal trailer queen comes wandering towards you down the sidewalk saying, and if they don't give me power, they're not going to like it. Wrong accent, I know. Well, avoid her like the plague, because she is. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Lighter. <laughs>